0: to the Kathy Crew cast of Pods, episode number 45. Uh, tonight's going to be kind of different. We haven't done an episode quite like this in about a year. Um, I think the last time we did one that's kind of like this was when we did... Actually, it's been longer than that. It was probably Rogue One when we did a full movie review uh, on an episode. So this is... Uh, we're trying it a little bit differently with the new format. So uh, I thought we'd theme around it. So we're going to talk Ready Player One tonight uh, about... Because Ready Player One's kind of more new to a lot of people, and there's not as much nostalgia around it already There is to the book, so we're going to talk about the book tonight, the movie tonight, but more specifically how we get to that point So tonight we're going to be talking a lot about 80s and 90s nostalgia in pop culture uh, But before we get any further, let's say hello to our group tonight uh, We've got Jada Hello Ben You're using coconuts Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I love bread, <laughs> uh, and all I can say is African or European smallies. So, uh, and I am your host, Rob. I don't so, know that. <laughs> uh, so let's start this off the same way we would start every other episode, and I apologize with a little low energy. It's been a crazy rolling week. Um, it's my third day in a row podcasting, so. <laughs> I'm the um, so honey, just... yeah, so. <laughs> Would everybody rather be stuck in 1985 or 2018 for the rest of your life? And let me preface this a little bit. If you get stuck in 1985, we're going to take the you from now, with the knowledge you have of what has happened up until this point in time in your life, and you get shunted back into 1985. And similar to like a Groundhog's Day effect, when New Year's Eve hits... It just goes back to being New Year's Eve at the start of 1985 every year. Same thing would happen with 2018.
1: Jumping gigawatts.
0: (laughs) Jumping gigawatts? What are you quoting?
1: (laughs) Something new. Okay.
0: (laughs) There's no
2: jumping gigawatts in Back to the Future? Clearly not. <laughs> you're talking to the professional Back to the Future person. You know? uh, oh. oh, I'm so sorry. I
1: didn't realize there was A like prerequisite. I saw that movie in the theaters when I was five years old. <laughs> Me year. too. I
2: wasn't five. <laughs> remember, remember, Ben is the talent, so. <laughs> yeah. I, think you're, I think you're thinking, Great Scott.
1: No, he said,
2: "Jump in gigawatts." No,
1: he doesn't.
2: One point twenty-one gigawatts. Oh my god! 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> You're ridiculous. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. But <Well>, one point twenty-one. <laughs> All right, I'm going to answer the, the question the instead math. of your it. Then you have now gotten the stop sign in your face. Shunned. You <laughs> to the hands. Whatever. Yeah. Um, okay.
0: All right, so Jada.
1: Nineties. Oh uh. Thanks, I was in high school. I
0: recall
1: that. <laughs> All right, I am going to say that I would rather be stuck in 2018. Only because Ben's being obnoxious. About <laughs> yeah. That I mean, there's a lot more like advanced medical science in 2018. We have ready access to the internet. I can talk to all my friends. I 2018 is a little bit better for me than, than 1985. We did have Cabbage Patch Kids, and they were awesome. Mm. But <laughs>
3: um, Bill. So 2018 is going to work the same way as t- 1985 going to work.
0: Going to work. Yes, we You're stuck. It oh. is, it, you are, you're essentially at <laughs> a year long time. Looping. Oh,
3: that really helps my answer greatly. Well, so, so this is interesting because, I mean, we've only experienced four months of 2018 so far. There could be a lot of things.
1: <laughs> you bring up a good point. <laughs> a lot of things
3: that could happen in the next yep. eight months of this year. Uh,
0: but then again, in 1985, yeah, we don't have the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody brought up a really good point, Kenny, when we were discussing this episode and that question specifically. Is like, well, you have the knowledge. So if you remember who wins like certain you know things like. But if you're going to revert back
2: to the beginning of 1985, you're going again, to.
0: So you can just constantly right. be a millionaire over and over and over yeah. again if you want to. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a superpower in that situation. But still, you're kind of. You're, you're going really to have to keep repeating it. it.
4: But yeah. you
1: also don't have internet.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly.
1: Um, you also had to have crunchy hair.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that would be interesting. But I'd have I'd have frosted tips at that point, right? Or that was no, 90s. That's, that's a nineties thing. That's, that's, a 90s. 90s. Uh, that's a late nineties, uh, early 2000s yeah. yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah,
1: it's like a Dawson's was, Creek kind of
3: thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to say twenty eighteen. States twenty eighteen. Because then I could I could still relive all the things from eighty five in twenty eighteen with the help of the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, okay. Um.
4: So, I mean, given the political climate, I don't really want to be in 2018 right now. But at the same point, there's plenty of room for that to change this year. So, fingers crossed.
2: The political climate in was, was not much great. better.
1: Okay. You had the Cold War. I wasn't even Cuban Missile Crisis. So well, there Cuban Missile we okay. Crisis was more of the 60s.
2: That's 60s. You Well, was, no, I'm not thinking well, you Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why am I a part of this I podcast? don't
1: know. I'm <laughs> You did have the Cold War, you still have that. You had that, there was a lot of that, like, I remember Russians were like, that was like a bad word in my house for a really long time, like, Russians was, and communism were still a thing, plus see, we had Ronald Reagan as our president. You still have a celebrity as yeah, like, president. The father of my, like, the whole, you know, trickle-down yeah, economics yeah, thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. See, now you guys understand why I said 1985,
5: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. 2018. I'm so, glad, so glad Bill caught that. What? What? <laughs> What did he
0: say? Ronald Reagan? The
3: actor?
5: <laughs> <laughs> you
4: said
0: we had Ronald Reagan as president. I said, the actor? Was, oh, who's, who's the secretary of the treasury? Jerry-, Jerry Lewis. Lewis?
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> Thanks, the, other, the other reason I would want to be in 2018, though, is we have made some big strides from 1985 in terms of, like, you know, leaps in diversity and feminism and stuff like that, and I don't want to backtrack on that and deal with that shit show. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: <laughs> Which is actually one of the reasons why I kind of chose this question, because we're going to probably get into a little bit of that in the back half when we talk about the book, the movie, and some missteps that a lot of people have viewed between from when that book was written to when it was a movie and how it kind of doesn't align with current social climate as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of it was kind of a fun way to look at how, between the 80s to now, how much has really changed. Um, Ben? Um,
2: To me, there was, I mean, we don't, we didn't have the internet in 1985, but there was still, there's so much that comes with having the internet in the form of internet trolls and people like internet tough, like keyboard tough guys and things like that. And I just, there's such an innocence to 1985 and not having all of that extra technology that I, I choose 1985. I mean, granted... I wouldn't have the internet to talk to my friends, but I would be in 1985 and they wouldn't be there anyway. So that really wouldn't be an issue. And plus I can go visit them when we were like five. It'd be creepy. Yeah, it'd be be a little weird. It'd be a little weird, but, uh, um, you know, I could, uh, okay, take that back. We'll remove that part. But like, there's just, again, there's just such an innocence to that, to not having that technology and being disconnected from the world that, and you're right. And, I would have the knowledge and I would have to be a millionaire and live however I wanted to live in the 80s, knowing places to avoid and things like that, that I, I could live comfortably and be completely disconnected and actually have a little bit of freedom living in the 80s and re- reliving experiences that I remembered, but as an adult and being able to experience them again. So I would I would take the 85.
0: Well, ultimately, though, too, if you think about some of these things, which is why I would say 2018 for me as well, um, along with you know, pretty much everybody at the table, is the whole idea of you get to experience them once, and you already have when you were younger. And now you look at something that you've seen a thousand and one times. So, like, say, for example, oh, actually, it's really funny. We keep bringing back uh, up uh, Back to the Future it came out in 1985. Um Everybody else would be like, that was amazing. And I'm like, I've seen this like 300 times. You know, you're still taking the you from now into that time. So it's kind of.
2: Yes, but then I could take my knowledge of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in 89 (laughs) and write the script myself before they did. (laughs) So when you guys are here in 2018 watching Bill and Ted, you'll be seeing my name in the credits.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, um, I would definitely say 2018. I think we've come so far. Uh, and I kind of feel like, you know, everybody's just like, oh, once you hit your 30s, like, you're just, you know, it feels like the world is over. And that's the way people viewed things, it felt like, in, in the 80s. It wasn't the, you know, 30, it was like, oh, you're starting to get to that point where it's kind of like, okay, nobody cares anymore. Um, and that's kind of the way that people really kind of felt. But, like, everybody always said, hey, you know, 20, you know 30 is the new 20. And you started hearing that, what, a decade ago? And now it's 40 is the new 30 or 40 is the new 20. like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way that you look at a lot of people when they were in their 40s in 1985 looked like how most people look in their 60s now. That's like, true. That's
5: very As true. you put
0: it, like Jada put it, advancements in medicine, the way that we kind of think about things a little bit more, you know, a lot has changed. Oh, yeah, um, people my age in
2: 1985 were not doing what we're doing sitting around this table right okay. now. No. They, no, they yeah, were, yeah. you know, <clears throat> working on their portfolios and getting ready to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not that They far. also had yeah.
1: really good interest rates back then. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. They could do them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're just going to work till we're dead. It'll be awesome. I could have bought <laughs> a car <laughs> in like two paychecks. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Although and interest rates for loans were pretty high then too. Yeah. Actually, like, that mortgages. is true. Yeah. But the yeah, prices, saving, of, but the prices of everything rates, were a lot lower. Yeah. Savings rates and, um, and mortgages and loan rates were really high back then. Um, huh. working in finance, I get a lot of clients who are old who will talk to me, talk my ears off about, oh, I remember when interest rates were like double digits for this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, yeah, for your savings accounts, but what were they also for your loans? And then they're like, ah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> sometimes nostalgia is people remembering what they want to remember. Well, Very much so. That
0: actually brings us really nicely into the first point of tonight is <laughs> really as we look back at the 80s and 90s, I wanted to pose something Right off the bat, about nostalgia, um, and that's more or less our personal feelings about it. You know, if this is nostalgia is a positive thing or if it's a negative thing, um, because a lot of people, as we're getting ready to, when we get to the back half, talking about Ready Player One, uh, the both the book and the movie. Got a lot of slack because it's no, this is just as everybody jokingly put it, remember berries, the movie. You know, it's kind of like, remember when we saw this, remember, remember when we saw this movie, do you remember this thing happening? Um, and no, no lie, that is a straight up internet term, is remember berries. You know, I like that, uh-huh.
4: that's adorable,
0: yeah. Um, uh, actually, when we saw Ready Player 1 in the theater, somebody, uh, somebody was wearing a shirt that said Remember Berries, oh so, which I thought was kind of amazing. That's adorable. Um, That's but no, I mean, it's the question that here for everybody is who thinks n- nostalgia at this table is a positive thing? Okay, Jada and and I think it can yeah. be both, but okay. I'm going to
2: let you go. Well, first. let's talk about the positive yeah. angles, maybe okay. at
0: first. So, okay.
2: well, mine kind of goes hand in <clears> hand—the <throat> hand, positives and the well, negatives. Let's and- look
0: at the positives first, and then let's
2: take. I can't. I can't with my point, though.
1: Okay, so
2: we'll let everybody else go first, then, and then I we are transitioning from the positives into the negatives. I'll go. Okay, Jada, why don't you <clears> kick it off?
1: Okay, um, I think nostalgia can be a very good thing because it's remembering positive experiences in our lives. Um, you know, even if you know you grew up poor, you can say, oh, do you remember when we used to go outside and play stickball in the street? You know, or you might not have had the coolest new toys or the coolest things, but you have great experiences. You have great memories of those things, which can make nostalgia fun. Um, You also, you know, even if you are talking about like, oh, cool toys that you had or movies that you saw or things that you did, you still can look at it in a really positive light because it's bringing to light something that, you know, makes you feel good.
0: Mm, that's true. Um, actually, I kind of realized as we started answering this, there's a little twist on that huh? nostalgia in the way of pop culture. I think to be more specific, oh, okay. I didn't think Sorry. about that well, when I, I think toys plays, plays into that, but yeah, Roy's you know, you definitely did. You did totally but I'm just saying, wondering if, just in case, if you're wondering on how that will help shape your so no more, yeah.
2: so no more interest <laughs> rates and, and
0: loan. <laughs> well, we no, A.K. Okay. Rob doesn't
4: want me like doing my five million. Uh, family oh no, 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 no! <laughs> it's, it's totally good.
0: Um, I, I, well, I was like, sure not
4: again.
0: If some of that stuff would alter people's perception of the, the
4: no, that's fair. That's fair. I had a
2: feeling that's what we were talking about anyway.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of encapsulates everything. So,
3: so my positives for nostalgia are the fact that you look at things with like those with the rose-colored glasses. Like I look back to nostalgic times, like, um, and and Disney being very pop culture, mm-hmm. uh, like like Disney World. Disney World was open forever when I was a kid.
5: <laughs> and
3: that's all, all I can ever remember. I could remember going to the parks and being there all day long, all the way into the night, and never having to leave. And now I'm like, I get there, and it's already closed. And I'm like, wait a minute.
2: It's your perception of things when you're...
3: Uh-huh. Okay. Perception, uh, you know, of things in nostalgia is is very distorted to the positive aspects, I think.
4: Well, and I think a lot of times with um, nostalgia, too, the, um, you know, the stuff that you glom on to pop culture wise, like movies or books or TV, when you're a kid, that kind of helps you, you're trying to form who you are. And those are kind of puzzle pieces that you're like, oh, I really connect with this. Maybe this is mm-hmm. how I am or how the way I think about things, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of like, so a lot of that is so deeply rooted, because it's kind of how you kind of create he came to like learn who you were as a person. Yeah,
0: it ties really nicely to what Jada was saying. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's you know, it it takes all those little pieces together when you look at pop culture, plus your youth and how they mm-hmm. kind of kind of craft everything together.
3: And, and another thing, yeah. I know for my personal nostalgia, it's like remembering stuff when from when I was a kid in the late eighties <clears throat> and nineties. Uh, I didn't have to know the bad things that were happening. Like, I didn't know the bad things that were happening. I kind of was... You were shielded from it. shielded from yeah. it, yeah. Like, I never had to worry about interest rates or the car breaking down or this or that because yeah. I was too young
0: to have to even care
3: about that. So I was just... I. The good things were all there and none
0: of the bad things. It, it makes me laugh a little bit because my brain thinks of uh, the comedian John Mulaney. And it's kind of like, who has the most stress at, at all? As, <laughs> as Children. And it's like, you know, you're at a, you're at school and it's just kind of like, and they ask you a question and it's like, what is the capital of, love? you know, of like, I don't know, Washington, whatever it may be, you know. And there's no like answer of, I don't know. <laughs> but because when you're an adult, you can be like, I don't know, get out of here. Like, Why are you asking me this question? But like, as a kid, you're like... You've never had more stuff thrown at you. But for us, though, at the same time, though, too, we, you're right. We didn't have to worry about interest rates. We don't worry about the car breaking down. We're just going to bring up interest rates. all oh, no, no, no. Because I think this is just a great... It's the theme of the
4: day. Yes. Sorry. No, no, no.
0: It's actually wonderful. No,
4: actually, it's making me think of... um. So, like, it's making me think of a very American cycle. Yeah.
3: It's going to be interesting oh, to, to see you, how people you know? can fit interest rates into... Play
0: play We're one to we can try to it into, into that. We'll we can find it. Away. We'll find sure a way. <laughs> Life finds a way. That'll tie us into the <laughs> '90s that's conversation. That's true. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think for for me, I definitely think you know it's definitely a positive. Um, you know, there's definitely negatives to it too. And we'll get into, but like the the positives of it all is those little memories that you have. Though the beautiful thing is when you're older, it, it's kind of exactly as everybody put it. Is that beautiful thing is you can always pull back a memory whenever you need it. Like, you can have a horrible day, and you're like, you know what? You can think about hanging out with old friends that you used to see that you may not see anymore. And while it could be a little bittersweet, like, you still have all those things that you used to do tie back together. And that can change your perceptions, having these wonderful memories tied to these things. Like, when you sit down and watch a movie like Star Wars, and, like, I can remember most of where I was for every one of those movies the first time I saw it. Uh, and i will think of, I'll think of my family. I'll think of friends that I, you know, stood out in line with for umpteen hours. Jada and her <laughs> husband being there for almost every one of them. Um, but even sitting down, even with the special editions, whatever it was, going to see them in the theater with my dad, because I didn't get to do that when I was a little kid. Uh, but I still can pull all those things, and I think it's a really powerful thing that you can attach to something like pop culture. Like everybody always says, like, you know, that first song that you had a kiss to or something like that, like that it gets ingrained in people's heads or everybody that's in a couple or married, that song that they dance to or they have that special song that means something to them. Um, those are all very much nostalgia things, I think.
2: <sighs> Safety dance. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But no, I mean, it's, it's going into the pos- positives and kind of incorporating the negatives into it too. When I look at nostalgia, I kind of yeah. think of it, <clears throat> or look at it is really depends on the age that you are because when you're younger and you're you're thinking back it's like you said bill you don't really have any of the negatives you don't think about the bad things that happen but the older you get the more you can't help but incorporate that things into it. i mean we're recording on a day when uh, another 80s star passed away today harry anderson passed away today from night court mm-hmm. uh, which was an 80s television show and <clears throat> while we look back and we remember how much we love that show there's a sadness now in knowing that That won't continue where he's no longer with us. So there's definitely negatives that come with it as the older that you get.
4: Um, I also think it can get really negative in the sense that people can get so dangerously attached to their nostalgia that they refuse to see their current reality. And that happens a lot with, um, you know, when culture is changing, when there are just new things getting integrated and people just cling to this past. Well, it was back, back in our day. It was like this. And that, that is a nostalgia. That's, mm. and they, and they refuse to see
1: what has changed.
0: Right. Which is a problem that we deal with. <laughs>
1: constantly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, along with that, just so people just get stuck in an era and they can't, they literally yeah. cannot move out of it. They, Like you said, they can't embrace what their now is. Um, but a lot of things do get ignored. There's, you know, think about people who are obsessed with, like, 50s nostalgia. And you think about it. It's like, oh, well, of course you like thinking about 50s nostalgia because you're a white person. You don't think about what the experience was like for everybody else. So if we're thinking yeah. about, like, 80s and 90s nostalgia, it was still very much guy gets the girl, the guy wins the day, guys are in charge of everything. And, you know, you might have a token minority or person of color character, but they're not represented they're the side, they're the side character who's thrown in for comedic intent and the female characters are there just to be big boobs on screens. And that's about it. Um, you well, know, looking the into the
4: 80s movies, you go back now and look at them and like, you're some like, of them are kind of rapey. They're, uh, yeah, like, a lot of them are, a lot yeah. of them really
1: are, um, 16 Candles, um What is it? Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, Revenge of the Nerds! Revenge is is of the horrible. Nerds is horrible.
0: Actually, we can have a long um, we were conversation. Yeah, about about the other week. day, yeah, Animal was House. Like,
1: Animal House. Super. I actually remember seeing those movies as a kid and being like, ugh cuz yeah. yeah like i was
4: always uncomfortable by mm-hmm. that but at the time like it people was people didn't just, think about it that it was and it was also like quashed do you mm-hmm. know what i mean like you just yeah. you, you were supposed to laugh along with yeah. it it wasn't a thing that you were supposed to be like
1: no this isn't okay right mm-hmm. um so looking at things like that and again you're talking about like people who get stuck in those eras Especially now you're looking at someone like the, you know, quote unquote, fanboys and whatnot. And they're like, well, you know, what? how can you put girls in Star Wars? They can't be the main characters of this. <laughs> yeah, or no, they can't be the no, main no. characters of that kind of show or that kind of this. Because, you know, God forbid it not be a white guy. And it's like, okay, well, we've moved past that. We need to be more embracing, more inclusive and embrace, you know, more aspects of our cultural heritage. And sometimes nostalgia really doesn't allow for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, be damaging.
0: Um, to yeah. jump off of your point, because I agree with so far, everything that's been said on the negatives fully, I think everybody at this table is going to agree with. Um, and I love the fact that it's in the framework of what we're going to talk about later, because a lot of these problems do exist in both versions of this movie and the book. Um, you know, you can certain things you can click a button and say yeah, it's popcorn film and whatever. But, you know, it still doesn't change the fact that it's still a problem. Um but I know we'll definitely break that down. But I think one of the other big things too with nostalgia, that's always a massive problem. Um, and it's kind of taps onto what Kat said, is it's just the pure escapism. Um, when you stay locked into something like that and refuse, as you said, to take the next step or find something else, having an obsession, uh, or like uh, that you really, are, you know, want to get into whether, say, for example, if we're talking about it for a dumb angle of pop culture, comic book collecting, I'm like, it's, that's a hobby. That's, if it's an obsession, And it consumes your life. That's where there's a problem. You know, having Mm -hmm. hobbies is great. Obsessions can be damaging to your life. Mm -hmm. If you would rather say, "I'm going to go to this convention," I'm going to dump close to twenty thousand dollars on a copy of a comic book. That may mean I might not be able to afford my next, you know, car payment or my you know rent. rent. (laughs)
5: Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs>
0: because there's a lot there's a lot of people obsessed with some form of nostalgia that do do those things mm-hmm. yeah. um, and it's that's one of the worst parts of nostalgia and I think is the probably worst sickness of it it kind of almost becomes like gambling it becomes like this drug and this addic- like addiction that they can't kind of snap away from mm-hmm. uh, and it, it's that moment where it clears from being a hobby into something worse so yeah I did not have
4: anything. Like, there are no negatives to nostalgia. No,
0: no, I agree. <laughs> with Negative. Disney's closed earlier.
3: Damn.
0: It <laughs> always was that way. No. <laughs> the negatives
5: with
3: Disney are that they've taken away my rides that I want to go back to and
1: they have taken away forever. It's okay. There's VR.
0: People are recreating them. It's yeah. okay. It'll
1: be fun. And also like um even ignoring some of the political aspects of what was going on like you know you were talking about you guys are too young to kind of remember some of the late 80s Cold War stuff that was going yeah. on like I remember When the Berlin Wall came down I was like nine years old I actually just watched Atomic Blonde like a a week and a half ago And that kind of goes over that Whole political aspect and I was like wow I remember this like I, I Actually have memories of watching the Berlin Wall come down and I remember Actually doing like you know My dad worked for He worked for aerospace so you know I remember him talking about like oh Well you know these are things that we're not Supposed to be talking about but I remember like the missiles and things like that being talked about and nuclear war and, like, you know, Russians were bad guys and communism was a bad thing still when I was growing up. It's, so. it's,
2: it's funny that you bring that up, too, because yeah. one of my fondest memories from, like, the early 80s is the music video of uh, Genesis Land of Confusion. Yes! With all the puppets. the puppets. yes! And I had no idea what any of that meant it's at sin. the time. 99 red mm-hmm. balloons. Yes. Yeah, what? and now that yeah. I'm older... I completely there's like, a whole new view on that music video. Wasn't
1: there, no, I'm trying yeah. to remember there was a name of a concert, but I remember like all these like Western pop stars went to Germany and did like a big oh God, concert. Massive benefit.
0: It was a big, benefit, was a there, big
1: was. benefit. I can't remember the name of it, but it Hands was,
0: Across America. No,
1: it wasn't, no that no, wasn't. It wasn't that. that was, later. Yeah, that was yeah, definitely in the 80s. But um was we it wasn't we was, are the world
2: because that was No, that was something early 80s. Different. Yeah, that
1: was feeding feeding starving people in Ethiopia, I think. Um, but there was a big, I want to say it was something having to do with the wall, but there was a big concert, like benefit concert
5: yeah.
1: on the Berlin Wall. I remember Cindy Lauper was there because I saw her in concert when I was seven. Um, <laughs> there was a whole bunch of other people, yeah, um, right, including crazy. the Scorpions, who were like an Aww. East German band. Right. So you're talking about like there being like cross-cultural things, like Western music was not allowed in... In, uh, in East Germany at that time. And I remember the Wall. Thank you. There we go. But yeah, there was like a whole ton thank of you, like... Google. You know, the 80s big hair band I wouldn't have you in
2: 1985.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, the 80s big hair performers and like a lot of the bands that I, I remember sneaking in to watch on MTV when I was little at my grandmother's house um, mm-hmm. were performing at that. And it was like, that was a really huge deal.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really kind of creeping me out as we're having this conversation about like... You know, all, some of these things, and I'm like, well, it's just it's, it's, what's like right around the corner again." Yeah, oh. <laughs> and my brain's just like, "Oh, this yep. is cycle." Yeah, <laughs> it's a
2: world of sequels, man. World yeah. <laughs> War Three being one of them.
4: No,
0: <laughs> let's not say that. Yet. Oh, yeah, don't, don't. let's avoid that one for a little while, please.
4: Do not want to. <laughs> um, please return. <laughs>
0: okay, well, I when you read this, obviously, I typed this incorrectly because my brain was just mostly off for most of writing this up. Um, now what I actually heard on another podcast I heard recently was they were having a conversation about a little bit about nostalgia, but didn't get into it the way that we are. Um, but they had in their show some younger cast members that were like, um, you know, were growing up more like mid nineties, late Mm -hmm. nineties was like when they were like four or five. Oh jeez, Like, (laughs) no, like people that are like in their early twenties right now. So okay, okay. Like more like
1: That's adorable You know yeah. But they <laughs> were
0: they, There was a question That was posed <laughs> to them That made me actually go Huh I wonder And they said They're like Well what's your nostalgia And they're like We don't really have one And yeah. it, it made me wonder I was like Does that mean What we kind of View nostalgia is kind of dying out Because I can't really Think of oh, That trends like, from pop early, culture
4: heavy stuff That
0: pop culture heavy stuff That like we keep recycling um, is, Early 2000s from, like,
4: had it yeah, I think it'll yeah. Come around. early 2000s definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're just not too, we're not we're, far, we're enough, not far removed. enough removed from That's, it. Yeah. I think, the problem. I'm, because, like, well, you have to understand, like, I'm in that bridge gap. Because, yeah. like, I was born in 88, so I was tail end of the 80s, so most of the 80s passed me by. Like, 90s, I mostly remember. Like, 90s, it was my big yes. nostalgia phase. And then, like, so, a lot of, like, high school stuff, though, I remember from the early thousands. So.
0: Right. I mean, I think. That, I mean,
4: I have nostalgic memories. Right. From so, that. you and
1: I have completely different views of 90s, 90s nostalgia. Yes. Because you're you, seeing it from. Right. Me. You remember <laughs> 90s nostalgia being like, oh, these were the toys that I played with when I was really little. Like, you remember mm-hmm. some of those wars. Like, yeah. I was past that mid 90s. I was in high school. Like, Usually no, when Rob and I are talking 98. about like a show that
4: we've watched, so yeah, like, you know, like he might have seen it, but he's he was like, I was kind of past that, and I'm like, right. oh, that was the thing I watched, right, right. right.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I think the, the the part of this is like, do you think you're going to see like an early aughts throwback party? Well, because I like, think you will. what what would that be though? It would feel like mostly primarily would feel like kind of like 90s part two. I think
2: there's... Yeah, there's no, there. no, no, no. I'm of no, there
1: things that we did in early... Co- like, what I did in early college and, like, what... There, there I mean, there so that like, You stuff. have to understand, like, okay, like, let's say Buffy. That was, like, 99 into
4: early 2000s. Yeah. That was, like, that era. And, I mean, like, there were a lot of things going on. Um, a lot of things that I keep thinking and associating with 90s are were actually early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of spillover that you don't realize. That's true. And that's, you know, and then, like, you take it even further and... There's different music trends that hit in. I mean those like kids Colleen, like or my sister's age, will probably look at like what was the big thing with Skrillex and the what Oh like
0: Oh Christ. Yeah like, that's we're all <laughs> Dubstep. Dubstep
4: that, yes. So like they'll probably look at that like music like when when Dubstep took over for like Couple of years, a hot second, yeah. yeah, but they'll they'll look at that maybe with nostalgia because that happened when they were in the at an age is. where they're like listening to music more. Well, I, think, I think there's more nostalgia in
2: the '90s and 2000s now with music more than anything else. I don't think there's I a big nostalgia from for movies and television. As of yet, because I don't think we're far enough removed. We're from not it.
4: far enough. Yeah. From
2: it. Music, it on the really other hand, I think <laughs> there's already so a, a bit of nostalgia yeah, yeah. because music constantly changes. Yes. Yeah,
0: I think music is the one. It's the one thing that will always move forward. Yeah, where I think the the late aughts and like the tens now, like, um, we're kind of back into recycling. Hey, we we remade this movie from the eighties. And we mm-hmm. remade this movie from the
4: 90s. Well, if you look at how fast music's changed, though, I mean, like, 80s music is now on, like, 149. Um, I keep Nine. hearing, like, early <laughs> 90s music on 102, uh, I hear,
3: uh-huh. on
2: 102. I
3: hear 80s on uh-huh. oldies,
1: 98s. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
3: I think the one problem that kids growing up now are going to have with nostalgia is the fact that they've been able to consume pretty much everything in the way of pop culture with the advent of the internet—that's true—and that's one true. one of the things I was kind of curious about with this. Uh, so, with, with the advent of the internet, YouTube, you know, Spotify, like any video or music streaming services, they can listen to anything they want now. Mm-hmm. They can listen to anything they want in a couple of years, and they're not going to want to go back to the music they listened to five or six years ago, and they or they've already shared that on social media, and they, they're just. It's not nostalgia. It's just memories for them because everything's documented now.
2: Well, I mean, you, you also look at, you know, Ready Player One is a prime example of that. You know, what's nostalgic to us is something that we were removed from, we have forgotten about and we went back to. But pop culture nowadays, whether it be music, movies, television, is now incorporating nostalgia into it and making a part of the everyday that it's no longer becoming nostalgia. Because it's not it's, being forgotten. It's not being forgotten. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Uh, I disagree, because I think actually, like, again, I really don't think we're far enough removed from it. But you have to consider that even with the mass amounts, trends still happen. Like, people, people get nostalgic about, like, again, I have a sister who's a decade younger. So, I mean, like, I see a pretty clear example of it where it's like, she'll be, like, nostalgic about some YouTube thing that was really popular when she was in eighth grade. Because everyone was talking – because it's, yeah, nostalgia yeah. is about the memories you associate with it, not about If, what if
2: YouTube was around when you were that young, you're not that far removed for it to be nostalgic yet.
4: <laughs> Agreed. But you can still associate those memories. True. If yeah. anything that puts you past – you know. Well, it's
0: kind of ultimately really kind of think about it like in the '90s. You know, when we get into the even like the fashion ends, like you think about what one of the things that happened in the '90s, bell bottoms got huge again for uh, a <laughs> little bit of time.
1: So guilty. So, so if, guilty. when
0: we hit <laughs> when we hit the '20s, like the you know 2020s, and they say, "Hey, jenkos are all the rage again," and all of us go, "Oh no, why?" Uh, well, should I wear my? The
1: funny my- thing is I can actually. Oh, I remember you and your Jankos uh-huh. Um, I remember, you know, when I was in high school in the 90s and bell bottoms and the platform shoes were the thing. And you and your your sister and I mm-hmm. were, had those like big, big LEI and the mud flares. And mm-hmm. I remember wearing shoes this tall to school, like six, seven inch well, platforms. Well, the
0: chunky sneakers are coming back oh, now, the too. Oh, chunky
1: sneakers too. And those leaky <laughs> slides from, uh, it was a, not Sam and Libby, um, were they Skechers? I don't remember. They were a very popular 90s shoe that only looks good with flare-bottom jeans. Uh, but I distinctly remember saying to my mom, because, you know, my mom obviously kind of came of age in the 70s. I was like, Mom, why didn't you save me of your cool, like, bell-bottom pants and all of your cool stuff from the 70s? And she was like, oh, dear God, no. And I think once you have lived long enough to see a decade's bad fashion come back, if you've lived through it once... You do not have to live through it again. I actually just saw, like, it was a a, a thing saying perms are coming back into style. And I'm like, oh, no, my hair will never be crunchy again. Like, no, no perms. No perms, no big bangs. Thank you. Yeah.
2: We're all going out for my forty-fifth birthday. Everybody wear your best parachute pants. <laughs> uh, still got
0: parachute? <laughs> really? I do. Yes,
4: he does. I,
0: have, I, cat got me raver clothes a couple years back, like maybe yes, like six or seven do. years ago. And when I put them on for a nineties throwback party, I'm like, I look ridiculous. I never <laughs> wear these ever again.
1: So do, you, I do you remember th- my twenty-fifth birthday when we had our we did a nineties themed party?
0: Yes, we do.
2: I've never fallen in the fashion trends. It's, it, I've always been just the jeans and t-shirt person, pretty much as long as I can remember. But those them. cut of jeans
0: has changed. That's true. That's, that's true, very yeah? true.
2: Yeah, because I can remember them being the carpenter jeans with oh, like yeah, five with the pockets jeans. on each side, little hammer loop. I have to them. say,
1: I have to say, I'm actually wearing one of my '90s nostalgia things right now.
2: Works great on podcasts.
1: <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, no. no. <laughs> My 90s Doc Martens, these are oh, from high school. Oh, that's awesome. They're legitimately 22 years old. Thank you. Those
4: are fantastic. <laughs> they hold
0: up forever.
1: Yes, they do. That's awesome.
0: Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's it's kind of your... I think maybe Kat actually is writing all this, is, you know, and a lot of everybody else at the table. Like, I, I think I originally was kind of coming into this kind of thinking almost similar to, um, you know, what... Bill was saying a little bit of what Ben was saying, that I just didn't think there was going to be anything because of streaming services, things like that. But ultimately, there is still always new things it's still happening still like, while all that's happening. But is, it, is nostalgia a,
3: a thing that keeps going? Like, yeah. or is it a waved kind of thing? Like, it's a
4: thing that keeps going because people are always going to feel nostalgic about their youth. Like, they're always going to have those tethers to what they experienced pop culture-wise in their youth. And that's and pop culture is still a growing thing. I mean, yeah. memes are a thing. Like that's kind of, so like now they might be nostalgic about, Hey, remember that meme or that silly song that everyone was singing in school back when do you know what I mean? It's just uh, changing. I am nostalgic.
3: I am nostalgic about memes from like four or five years ago.
1: Yeah. No, me too. We showed so our kids I mean, the badger, like, badger, badger mushroom. Oh, that's meme. Awesome. Yeah. They're like, you Chase? guys want to see yeah. a meme that's older than you? And they're like, "What are you?" Because we would say things. It would be like, yeah. we would just go into things like they badger, 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 mm-hmm. badger mushroom, and they were like, "What?" Our kids well, are like, like what, um, are you, "What Oh are my you god! Doing?
4: What was the Harry Potter one with the, the Harry Potter puppet pals?
3: Probably Harry Potter, Potter puppet Bell. Harry Potter puppet, <laughs> puppet I don't Something like it's that. Not,
4: does no one else know that? No, know I this. know.
3: I know this. Okay, I know this. So,
4: see, like me and my brother watched that, but like my baby, my sister was a baby, but she still remembers it because we would talk about it all the right. time, and we're like. Yeah. About, but it was also by the time she was old enough to really get what was going on, she's like, it was past time.
3: <laughs> but it mean in like, No, no, it's <laughs> just making me realize about things like now, like Homestar Runner. Yeah. Like, oh my god. Are. Yeah.
2: Homestar Runner. Homestar
3: Runner
4: was but
2: fantastic.
1: again like there, there, are certain, <laughs> there are certain things though that we still quote Homestar Runner. The <laughs> so cheat is grounded quite frequently so <laughs> Switch raves, and the cheat equals my three year old. So uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there, but there are certain things though that you you would not realize to this point are nostalgic, like. <clears throat> Take the Chocolate Rain video, for example Yeah, uh, Chocolate Rain was maybe 15 years ago at this point Maybe not Jesus. that old but no, like, you're, you're It probably might have been right. like 12, 15 years ago at this point And when you think about it, you're like Oh my god,
0: I didn't realize it was that long ago Well, we were watching Robin Hood Men in Tights last night That movie is almost 25 years old And my brain goes I feel so old Yeah. Congratulations to the episode we're doing So
1: that should just be the subtitle. <laughs> nostalgia. I feel so <laughs> <well>. <laughs> All
0: right. So we've kind of set what we view nostalgia to be the positives, the negatives. 2007. Sorry. 11 years. Still, that's still, still a fair that's amount. That's still a fair amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but ultimately now, I think we got to head back a little bit more into the 80s and then we'll get into the 90s and then we'll take a break. Um. You know, we may only get through the 80s, take a break, come back to do the 90s, and then, be like, guess what? Sorry, guys, we never got around to doing the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll see what happens. I'll do my best to keep this under control. Um, so, let's look back at the 80s. And I figured the best way we can do this is looking at a couple things. The best of, mm-hmm. the worst of. What do we miss the most? Like, something that we actually miss that just doesn't exist anymore. Like, yeah. if you were like, you know what? you like... Having a rotary phone in the house is the coolest thing in the world. Sure. Why not? I um, still have them at my dad's house. <laughs> um, and why, I think, why there's still an obsession for the 80s. And we'll do the exact same points for the 90s. I figured that was the best way to kind of pull this together. And then down the road, we'll just blow this up and just do all full 80s, all full 90s, and then just go from there. Uh, ben, let's start with you. We'll go jump to cat.
2: Um... As far as best stuff, like, everybody at this table knows me, and, I'm, and I don't know if listeners know this about me or not, but I'm a huge cinephile. I love films, and I still love to this day a lot of the movies from the 80s, especially ones that were from my childhood, like Labyrinth and, you know, E.T. and stuff like that, but to me, even still to this day... The music of mm-hmm. eighties. That's just, what I
4: was gonna say too. Eighties music I still, is top.
2: I will. Eighties uh, <laughs> music is usually always what I go back to if I'm looking for something to listen to to just fill my ears. And it's yeah. I there's something because movies are hit or miss if they hold up.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Music, eighties music to me, all of it still holds up. But yeah. that's just because it's, I'm I'm a huge no. movie lo- music lovers too. Yeah. So. While I'm a huge cinephile and I love the movies of the '80s, most of them, there's not really any '80s music I don't like, mm-hmm. and I could listen to it constantly.
1: Yeah, I feel so much the same way. Just to piggyback yeah, off same of that, year. when MTV actually showed music videos, yes, <laughs> like that Which was back in the '80s. In the '80s, and yeah, hasn't like, been uh, since then, right? right? I, like, I, feels like. you know, I talked about like being at my grandma's house because she had cable, and we used to sneak into the back. Like the back living room, the back den And turn on MTV I think I still remember what channels Nickelodeon and MTV were On that little push button on the Uh, TV 42
0: was (laughs) MTV in this region And 32 (laughs) Was Nickelodeon Nickelodeon.
1: (laughs) Because we used to specifically try and sneak in And watch You Can't Do That on Television Mm -hmm. Uh, Because that was the closest thing to like You know, SNL and like, you know For kids for Sketch comedy for kids, basically Which started the whole slime movement Exactly And uh, watching videos, and some of them were not necessarily appropriate videos for us to watch, no. but, you know, a lot of the 80s hair you, bands and... Do
2: you know, a little bit of trivia, the first music video to ever play on MTV?
1: Yes, it was Video Killed the Radio okay. Star by so the just Bubbles. Checking. Mm-hmm. Of just checking. Of course I know just that. Checking. I know that, <laughs> I know that right. which is... <laughs> saying um, something it's some terrible <laughs> trivia but yeah just like the music of that era was amazing you know because you still had a lot of the big bands who were starting recording in like the 70s mm-hmm. and were huge artists still all the way through the yeah. 80s uh and a lot of them did some really great work then but you also had a lot of emergent artists and new wave and hip-hop movements and things like that that were coming into vogue. and if you haven't watched it yet on netflix um the get down
2: have not seen it. Oh,
1: my God. Watch it. It's so freaking But you dead.
2: even mentioned, like, there were artists that would find a, a regeneration in their career because music videos weren't a thing yet at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so now the they're, artists, they're like, starting to right. do it. And a, one band in particular I remember was the Rolling Stones.
1: Yes. I was just going to mention them. Was yes, the Rolling one, Stones.
2: They were big in the 60s and the 70s and found a resurgence in the 80s thanks to music videos. Also David yeah. Bowie. Mm-hmm. Well... That was there was the whole Mick Jagger David Bowie dancing dancing in the street music video, but
1: he had his own like he had a huge resurgence in the eighties. Yes, because he constantly was a chameleon and constantly reinventing himself and building upon that. Madonna also.
2: Cyndi Lauper, yeah. Oh,
1: Cyndi Lauper was my was my jam. I had that on a record album. I used to dance around. No, go ahead. No, (laughs) no, no. no, no. I. I I forgot. (coughs)
3: Okay. Uh, I think my best. Part of pop culture in the from the 80s was the uh the movies that had to deal with like utopian, dystopian, uh futuristic
1: hmm. like, like
3: well, Is the equilibrium? Well no, equilibrium. What, no, equilibrium was the the 80s why am I thinking now? No. Yeah. But, like Logan's
1: run? Dune?
3: Dune, Running Man, Running it? Man, Blade, Blade, Runner, Runner, Blade Runner, Blade
1: Runner, Videodrome.
3: Blade uh what else? So what else was here? Uh there was just so many of them where it was just like Hey, there's this awesome, you know, futuristic society that is such crap right
0: now. <laughs> what was for you? Their best. No, stuff?
1: mine was music, yeah. So. Well, did you want to jump in? Like, what, no, no, what it's was fine, your life? <laughs> I do have one. Um, one that I absolutely love from the 80s are some of the John Hughes films. Not all of them, because some of them, as we discussed, got a little rapey. But um <laughs> some of them just dealt with a lot more of the human aspect. Like one of my all-time favorite movies is The Breakfast Club. And you really have that kind of, like, slice of life that is still so ever-present. It was ever-present in 1986 when that movie was made. Or was it 1985? Shermer High School, Shermer, Illinois, 6062. I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact, exact date that he put that in. Yeah, I but. still
2: watch Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller at yes. least once a month. Yes, <laughs> they're least. so
1: good and they hold up. Yeah. Um, I mean, those those social dynamics were true of the 80s. They were true of the 70s, 60s, 50s. They are true of the 90s, the 2000s, all of it. Um, and just... The different archetypes that you see and how they kind of kind of shatter those those walls between them.
4: Yeah, that's very true. That's maybe, <laughs> every time, um, I one of mine is actually '80s fantasy movies. There oh, yeah. were some phenomenal fantasy movies because really between like you have *Labyrinth*, you have *Legend*, you have. Um, Never ending Story, you Dark have Crystal, Dark Crystal, you have that Unicorn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's. It, I mean, it's,
4: you had a lot of really, really good fantasy movies in the eighties. Willow, I mean, like all these things, yeah, like, yeah. and it's
0: because these were the era and the dawn of pure practical effects and. Yeah, effects I think that's why they hold up
4: so well, though, because there were, were a natural. lot of ones that got introduced later on that really don't hold up as well as the eighties ones do, because the you know it's different. The early CG does not do the same as. It's different when something's
0: <laughs> tangible, and you—it yeah, feels yeah. like it, it makes it real. When you go into the early 2000s, and you say and you see CG really kind of blossoming at the end of the 90s, like
1: you we know, almost overdid it in a lot of the and 90s it stuff. was
0: you now you go back and watch a lot of them, and they just look horrendous. And you right. can't even watch half of them anymore because it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. But you're right; that's the last dying era of true, I think, glorious looking stuff, where it just feels. Right and real.
2: It's funny that how we all kind of connected to different kind of films. Like, Jada, you said, you know, the John Hughes films. Bill, you said the future, the, the fantasy. I more connected as a kid to the ones that had the group of kids coming together going on an adventure. Oh, Goonies, Goonies Monster Squad, E.T., Explorers... like that Space (laughs) Camp Adventures in Babysitting Adventures in
1: Babysitting was so good I'm
2: more connected to those kind of movies because like that was they made the kids
0: feel like the adult characters and
1: and they were what I I wanted me and my friends to do
2: like I was like I always wished that my friends and I could go on an adventure I saw Explorers and I wanted to put together garbage and build a spaceship I probably did it just didn't work
1: I didn't see most of the ones you are talking about Space Camp
2: Never seen Space, Space Camp. Camp was no. really good. You've seen
0: Goonies.
1: Oh, yeah, Flight of the Navigator. Flight, Flight of the Navigator is another, another one, and that's Disney. But it's yeah, like, I, I connect to all until. these different movies because I remember watching all the fantasy things, all like a lot of the sci-fi stuff, like all of this. But I, I distinctly, I I think my, my main agenda in the 80s was I wanted to be a teenager, and I wanted to be Molly Ringwald. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can I can relate. <laughs> um,
0: I think for me, like it's the one thing we haven't talked about yet was Nintendo. And yes, Mm -hmm. having like it's we go back to that well. It's what redefined what gaming was. And it's the same rules that we set in the 80s are the same rules that they play by to today. They rewrote the book of all of that from coin up games to current. It's, 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 you know, we have, we do Extra Life every year and we've done like an arcade tournament. And a lot of that is based off of this nostalgia from that time frame. It's that Mm -hmm. 80s, 90s factor. But the 80s was where. Uh, something that was supposed to have died uh, came back from a little scrappy company called Nintendo, who just made Hanafuda cards, and they said, "Hey, we'll brand this to Toys R Us as a toy, and it will do okay because we're not saying it's a video game." Mm-hmm. And it saved the entire industry. But yeah, they, I... they didn't do that. We wouldn't that wouldn't exist. It'd be the biggest.
2: And I even go even further back. I go back to ColecoVision and Atari. Oh yeah,
0: you know. Oh, yeah, I 20. was my first system. My, but I mean, mine too. Like,
2: Actually, I think ColecoVision was my first system.
0: Yeah, but it's crazy when you think about it, though. Yeah. It, that kind of redefined and changed a lot, um, especially where we got to to today.
3: So makes me feel bad because the 80s were the start of my gaming career. When I was four, my dad took me to an arcade when we were on summer vacation. We played through all the Teenage
0: Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in the 80s there was a little movie called The Wizard with Fred yes! Savage. Yes! <laughs> yep. And shortly around that. I have that,
1: seen that one.
0: There was a. With his little
1: brother who was autistic. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think they built that movie
1: the around Wizard the release
0: was- of like Super Mario
2: 3. They did. Yeah, it was they the did first entirely. time it was ever and shown. I distinctly
1: yep. remember the scene where they were like the one kid had the power glove mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, it's called the power glove and Fred Savage because he's got his girlfriend because of course, you know, the princess is always in another castle. But uh, he's like, oh, just keep your power gloves off of her. And it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> it's like
0: it's funny. We bring up Christian Slater. Christian Slater also in The Wizard. He was. Oh my god. With uh, Bo Bridges as his father. So, um, <laughs> but it was really funny though. Like going through that because like, I remember shortly after that happened, Blockbuster Video. God, that's an old statement to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. um Was doing a contest for one of those next actual big tournaments at Universal Studios, which is where theirs took place. And I got to go through and got through several rounds, like, and it was right when the Super Nintendo came out, so this is, like, actually, no, this now bumps into the early 90s, actually, but, Uh but yeah, it was, all that was kind of cool, where it was, yeah, my love from that in the 80s, seeing a movie like that was, like, I want to do that one day, that would be amazing, Mm -hmm. and then actually getting to do it just a couple years later, so. Yeah. Um... Okay, so we got some of our best ofs. Any other big best ofs people want to jump in real quick? Because I know we, we brought up a couple good key ones. Uh, how about the worst of the 80s? And I can start this off. Yeah. Yes. Cat <laughs> hair. Cat oh, started God. off immediately. I think yeah. fashion is yeah. right. I think I can say probably... <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that sadly came back about two or three years ago was some of the 80s fashion. Specifically, when you walk in the store, I'm like, I need to buy a couple things for the spring and summer. And why is everything neon? Right. And you just yeah. walked in there and the you're like just blind. And I'm like, okay, apparently clearing. I'm going to shop here in six
1: months. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why would you bring that back? I remember all the day glow stuff that I used to wear when I was like my daughter's age. And now she's like wearing some of that stuff. And I have not actively bought any of it for her because, again, I believe if you've learned a decade's bad fashion, you don't have to do it again. <laughs> like, um, but you know, it's like that's what's popular and that's what she wants, and it's like, oh yeah. my god. <laughs>
0: But you know what? What was better than jams where half of your pants were black and the other sides were paisley neon? Because that's oh, what God. everybody wanted. Yep. Oh.
1: God, leggings in and of itself, that that is a huge trend from the 80s. Oh, that's true. Leggings in the 80s had stirrups. I remember stirrup pants from the 80s. But I, I would remember say you had, had, had to wear leggings, them, I, I think the with best a, them. Well, the leggings now are much better than they used to be. Um. Um, they were, you, you had them, you had to wear them with the right kind of scrunchy shirt that you could then tie in a knot on the side. And if you were really cool, you had a big plastic buckle that was like this that you could feed your shirt through. And you could maybe also have a matching hair scrunchie <laughs> for your side ponytail and your big crunchy bangs. Then you were um, really cool and you got to go to the roller rink with the big yeah. kids. Oh, uh the yeah. roller rink that's still around today. Ours yeah. actually <laughs> is still, and
0: it looks, from what I understand, not very not undifferent different. <laughs> from the inside. Um... There was another wonderful uh, '80s clothing trend. I don't know if anybody at this table will remember it. If anybody remembers color forms,
1: color forms, I do remember color form
0: shirts. Yep. Oh no, actually, you're
1: thinking hyper-color. Hy- hypercolor. Hypercolor. Hypercolor shirts. Not color I, had hyper-color, I shirts. Had, had hypercolor. Color forms. Color. forms were the. They were like those little repeat P-pures. stickers. Yeah. Yeah. You could like. I remember I had um a, uh, My Little Pony set, and I had a um, not I had Rainbow Bright, and I also had Strawberry Shortcake. Again, talking about things coming back in cycles. I have lived long enough to see Strawberry Shortcake be popular three different incarnations over. Because I remember her from the first time I had all the Strawberry Shortcake stuff. And then there was a resurgence in the 90s of like Strawberry Shortcake, original Strawberry Shortcake memorabilia and nostalgia for that. Because I remember buying like the Hot Topic... Patches and stuff yeah. to put on my backpack at school And then yeah. they came out with a new series Then it went away and then it came back again So, uh oh, all, all the fun But hyper-color, color hyper-color was sure.
0: If you Had a, say for example, a Salmon-colored shirt A t-shirt that had, like, logos on it And if you put your hand against it That salmon color would turn
1: Usually bright pink, bright pink or something mm-hmm. Purple,
0: something like that Where it does... For some odd reason It was really damn big For about three or four years I recall
1: that That was Um, late 80s or That was late 80s Slightly crossover Into the early 90s 90s yeah yeah.
0: But that was That was a late 80s Reebok high
1: tops With the big scrunchy socks LA gear
0: sneakers LA
1: gear sneakers Jellies Swatch watches Swatch watches Jellies Acid wash jeans Acid wash jeans Hawaiian shirts Fanny packs Fanny yeah. packs Guess what oh Fanny God. packs are they coming are back. back Hawaiian yeah. shirts
0: are back Big time again Um yeah. Frankie says
1: relax Um The other one that's <laughs> back now That's That's killing me Are pegged pants That are like What uh, pegged uh, pants? Mm, pegged <laughs> pants Oh you are too young To remember this But they were usually Like had like a princess waist They were high waisted uh. pants That had pleats in the front And they kind of like Went out like that And They were They tapered at the ankle Tapered leg jeans And if they weren't Tight enough there was a method, you probably remember this, a method of tight rolling your pants so that they were tight enough at the ankle to mm-hmm. look cool with your sneakers. Mm-hmm. And KED sneakers without laces because you were... Or fat laces. Yes. Fat the laces really, really, another fat one, one oh yeah. mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I just realized there actually is an 80s trend that is still popular today that I actually still take part of. And that's What's Vans.
1: That? Vans? Okay. Vans sneakers. I think I associate I that with 90s.
2: No, Vans was 80s too.
1: Mm-hmm. See, and I, I'm like that with Chuck Taylors as well. Because Chuck Taylor sneakers, they, I, they transcend decades. I they love a good pair forever. of Vans sneakers. Yeah. I just one kind still of band band them. I have some vans, I do too. <laughs> yeah. I have vans. I'm not wearing them tonight, Taylor's. but I have them. I'm not. I have my <laughs> docs on tonight. So,
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, no, yeah. Chuck's were used to be like, hey, you can get these for like $5. Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, yeah. they're like, hey, now they're $50. Exact same shoe. <laughs> yep. um, shoulder pads. Yeah. Shoulder pads are big.
1: Shoulder pads, the big jackets.
0: And it's really funny, though, too, that, like, I think there's one thing that we said that was part of the best of the 80s and is also some of the worst of the 80s is also the music as well, in some parts of what? it. What? Yeah. No. All of is... it's
4: amazing, Rob. There... Shut up. <laughs> there are some. There's some
0: 80s. There's a nice large chunk of 80s music where it's just... Ooh.
4: All of it's amazing! Especially <laughs> the final countdown! <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's still amazing. That is,
4: that that is still
0: amazing.
2: Do you even know who sings the final countdown?
4: Europe. Okay. Yeah. Eighties, music catch, actually, i okay. really, <laughs> really good
2: with
4: trivia. Right. Like, I got the eighties music down. I said
0: the <laughs> check because I know how you are with movies. So
2: you I had to know, check yeah, music I've
4: too. never been a movies person. That's
0: why. Cat's go-to music in the car is eighties. Eighties, yeah, eighties. That's 20. 20. one of my
2: playlists too. Is eighties music.
0: I, I love it. So what is one of your additional worst ofs I said hair. Hair. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. god,
2: there were so many different hairstyles from the eighties. You had mullets, mullets, flat tops, mm-hmm. Cherry curls, right? crimps the side pony the side Side ponytails
1: (sighs) big crunchy hair um, where you'd also have to like tease out the sides and you'd have winged out hair you'd literally have winged out hair like this and like this huge like satellite dish of crunchy bangs and if you were really cool you could get your bangs to curl up and down I could never do that I had to do like a side wave. she's from Jersey right yes that's why (laughs) But, yeah, my, uh, yeah, well, I work at that. a uh,
4: spa, or a salon, and so it was funny, because someone posted pictures recently from, because they've been around for a while, yeah. and someone posted pictures recently of from the 80s, and you saw, because they've been working, I mean, we have people who've been working there for 30 years yeah, and sure. stuff, and so everyone was like, oh my god, the hairstylist, because again, when you go to a the salon, it's the current, she-gon. yeah, yep. it's the current trends, and some <laughs> of these ones were these, like, crazy geometric oh, yeah. shapes, uh-huh. and you're like, "Yep." <laughs>
0: Um, all right, so why do we think there's still a bit of an obsession with the '80s? Is it this based back on going with what we were saying? Is it just because it's our generation still? It's mm-hmm. still it's just, it's just us in this just massive reconnection still point. I that think it's just, just, just not going to go away for us until we probably die. I
2: yeah. think it's just the point that we we've, so. we've gotten older. We're now in the real world. To us, you know, we're we're working, paying bills, paying mortgages, buying cars, taking care of you know some people taking care of families. And just looking back on the 80s was looking back at a more innocent time when we just didn't have to worry about any of that. And we're just it, – it was just an easier time for us as kids.
4: Well, we're also – I mean, like you look at it, the generation that grew up in the 80s is really the first that is going to be able to actively use things like social media and the internet to convey their love of pop culture. I'm sure there were plenty of trends for our parents that they loved and nostalgic things. But they didn't have the nav- like an an easy avenue like mm-hmm. the internet to
1: share so, that. So I actually can play off of that dramatically because not dramatically, but <laughs> As dramatically as I get. Dramatical. <laughs> Dramatical. Um, You've so, lots of
0: big hand motions. <laughs> yes,
1: lots of big hand motions that translate well on podcasting. Um, so my parents were big into antiquing. Okay, and I remember being. Late, uh, early teens, like maybe a little older than my daughter is now, like tween age into teenage, and I would go antiquing with them. And when my mom found, I think she said they were called Little Kittles, mm-hmm. and they were like the precursor, like Polly Pockets and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. But we were walking through all these different, it was like an antique flea market kind of thing, and she literally like jaw dropped and was like, oh! yeah. and like went and ran to these toys and was like, oh my God, I had these. And actually play, like, with they had, it was this whole stand and they had the original like Barbie dolls, they had the original Little Kittles, they had like... These uh, baby dolls that she used to play with when she was a kid, and we're talking about toys from the early 1960s. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, they don't have the hey, remember the this toy? Do you remember Gem and the Holograms? Do you remember this? And it's like, yeah, no, she does. But they were, you know, she had the original Gem Barbie herbs. dolls and yeah, things like
4: that. Exactly.
1: And it was that that was a really cool thing to see. So, you know, you talk about they just didn't have the right medium to yeah, they couldn't convey it like we can. Meanwhile, so. I just saw an ad for Gem and the Holograms lip. Lipstick from Sephora that I'm like, I have a burning need. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause lipstick.
0: laughs> I think, um, the other connection point to what Kat said then Jada followed up with is there's the final piece of this is our generations having kids yeah. and what happens when you have a kid that's now four or five and they say, what, you know, when you say, Hey, here's this movie I grew up on and they say, this is amazing. Well, our entire generation is doing that, including the executives that work at toy companies, movie, uh, movie uh-huh. production studios, and said, it's time to revisit He-Man. You know, it's time to do another My Little Pony. And that's why they're coming back and they're so big right now. It's because we're raising our kids on what we were raised yeah. on. Yep. It's, you know, it wasn't as easy to do for our parents because it's, you know, yeah, we got a Flash Gordon movie, you know, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the same thing as... But we know, were
4: just talking about it before this... Who was introduced to Monty Python or Mel Brooks movies from their parents? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, hi. <laughs> hey. there. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I don't
2: think I was introduced... To- my parents See, were that square. Was for- <laughs> my-,
4: my parents
0: weren't really... <laughs> <laughs> at-, at under so the, the age of 10, 80s. I was listening to... I probably shouldn't say this, because... Well, I mean, again, different time, though, too. Oh, two. Richard Pryor. Richard uh-huh. Pryor, George Carlin, Sam yeah. Kennison. But that's you know, like- the thing,
4: is, like... So, it is the same. Like, they just... Again, it's it feels like it's so much more because we have the medium to express it. Like... Most of like our parents' pop culture they did pass down to the music that they loved and the stuff that they did, like I remember listening to like Kansas for my dad for years and years and Carry years, your yeah, like that was normal in our family, you know? I grew up on
1: the Stones, Beatles, and Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and actually saw a lot of concerts with my mom because my dad wasn't really interested in going, he didn't like the loud atmosphere and stuff, so from yeah. a young age. I started going to concerts with my mom and yeah. saw like a lot of bands that she was listening to since, mm-hmm. you know, she was a teenager and then she would just bring me along. So some of that, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> I-, I have nostalgia for stuff I wasn't even alive for. Oh, <laughs> that's it.
2: One of the first concerts I ever remember going to, and this is going back even before the 80s, was, I remember my, one of my first concert experiences, I couldn't have been any older than like five or six, was my mom taking me to see The Temptations. Oh my
1: God, that's amazing. And I, Aww. that's... Yeah. I,
0: it's, yeah. It was we, in the 80s, but, you know... As we wrap yeah, up the 80s, up. I, I figured because we were on our parents, you know, <laughs> at this point in time <laughs> discussing some stuff, uh, was watching The Wonder Years with my dad.
1: Oh my god, yeah. yes!
0: And that was about his childhood yeah. and that whole thing. So I watch him and his eyes light up listening to songs play from his youth mm-hmm. oh, every so every episode. And we used to listen to when he 98, so my things that I listened to with the car growing up was... 1950s and 1960s music and that was it. That's so it was really crazy. And then, but like the Wonder Years was his big eye opening moment like every week. He loved it for that reason alone. There's
2: some, there, and there's some, there's still some really cool moments to that even today. Cause there's a, one of my all time favorite movies. It's in my top 10. It's not 80s or 90s. It's from mid 2000s. It's called Pirate Radio. With uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. But the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. And it's filled with music from the 60s and 70s. -hmm. And I remember showing my mom that movie for the first time a couple years ago. And just seeing the excitement that she got Mm -hmm. of even her reliving her youth and hearing these songs that she hadn't heard or remembered hearing when she was a kid.
1: Yeah. Um, You talk about the Wonder Years and that kind of thing with your parents. And I remember watching that show with them. And then being a little bit older and watching the movie Dazed and Confused with my mom. And I was like... Mom, did you do all this in the 70s? And she's like, mm, Let's have a nice conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of fun. All right. So I think we're going to go get ready to take our break. As expected, we're going into the 90s to kick off the next part, which is exactly what I thought was going to happen. And with that, to the safety bubble that started wrapping the generations moving forward, because I think at the end of the 80s is also when we said goodbye to... Uh, driving Well yeah, uh, huh. you know, riding a bicycle without a helmet and you know, all these mm-hmm. things because like no more lawn darts that you threw around <laughs> in the backyard. And, you know who doesn't want to throw a giant javelin with a giant metal spike yeah, again? Right? And, um, you know, and slipping slides became scary because a couple of people you know, damn have... it, right. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: eating cake that was cooked by a light bulb.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, no, they still do
0: it now. It's they okay. still do <laughs> have All right, so uh give us a couple minutes and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods and DC Primetime, and I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already, and that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast Uh, In addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews. Great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. And we're back. All right, uh, we actually got through that without uh, cat cracking. So, pretty good. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, not Paul's not here, right? so maybe, maybe life easier. Um, okay, so yeah, it's a uh, it's time to dive into the '90s, I guess. Um, yeah. We will uh, try to get through this as quickly as we can. So. Um, so same kind of things that we're looking at for the nineties, the best of the worst of, uh, what do we miss the most and why is there still a bit of an obsession? And I think the reason for the obsession, we've already stated that, so we could probably just cut that right out. Um, so best of the nineties, where do we fall, Kat?
4: Flannel! Flannel! <laughs> <laughs> that is one fashion thing I am totally fine with from the nineties. I love flannel still. It's wonderful.
0: Flannel and plaid. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's perfect.
4: Like, the grunge, honestly, I really liked grunge stuff. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm still very comfortable with
1: that. Yeah. Actually, one thing I really love about the early 90s and, you know, being the people here who's, like, really old enough to remember it was the grunge movement. Because we talked about the 80s music at the time. Yeah. And it was so, by the end of the 80s and into the early 90s, you had so much over-the-top so much big hair, time. so much, you know, the guitars with five different guitars. They were all one guitar <laughs> and the big rock arenas and everything was like 80s. It was so big. Van Halen, hair, all the things. Uh-huh. It was, so then you had these smaller bands like Nirvana and the Pixies and Pearl Jam and some of those really underground people coming up and saying like, it's not even about the music for these guys anymore. So like that grunge alternative rock that came out of that era
5: mm-hmm. was
1: Mind-blowing because you're like, it was like the punk movement that happened in the late 70s, early 80s. It just completely 180, the entire oh, yeah. music scene. So, you know, you were used to listening to songs like, you know, Poison and Every Rose Has Its Thorn and some of those other like big cock rock songs like arena songs cock rock yeah. yeah, cock, yeah. Cock, yeah. Cock,
2: cock, rock, rock cock rock cock, cock, you've never heard rock. The, I've never heard that term before you've not more. heard that term <laughs> no. before
1: okay think of think of songs like unskinny bop by poison think oh, of yeah, songs like, like any song sweet child of mine yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, she's I'm my cherry pie like all those songs were basically about fucking some stupid girl after a show you know like none of them was they were not really good songs um you know looking back on them now with our nostalgia beer goggles on we're like oh my god 80s music but some of those songs like, like a lot of the stuff that they were coming out with was so overproduced was so you know and then you have smells like teen spirit
5: yeah and you it had just songs goes, like that you're like turns
1: off. oh my god yeah yeah and it just for for some of us who you know you kind of grew up in that like bubble burst era of like everything got so big
2: and teenage angst
1: yep Yep. and then, then you know 1991 92, with uh, Nirvana's Never, Nevermind and Pearl Jam's 10 and...
0: Um, Green Day. Was Green huge. Day. Soundgarden. Soundgarden.
1: Or... Um, some of the other big ones from that era that I'm... R.E.M., um, Smashing, Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing oh, Pumpkins, yeah. the Chili Peppers. That was a big one, the yeah. Chili Peppers. So they
4: all brought in that, like, let's chill it down. Yeah, you talk about <laughs> flannel,
1: like, they're the ones uh-huh. who popularized yep. it. That was Kurt Cobain and... Um, um, why can't I, mm,
5: Eddie Vedder? Eddie Better, thank you. We're like yeah. the big
1: ones yeah. that kind of, that come into that, and that was that was really huge. That really flipped the entire music scene. Instead of people, you know, they didn't want those sellout bands anymore. They wanted to go to that small hole in the wall show and see Nirvana and see you know see bands that were really singing about issues and things like that again you had sort of that resurgence also of cultural awareness come back in the early 90s it's
2: so funny that you bring up that music too cuz i remember combining it with like with gaming and everything mm-hmm. too in the 90s cuz yep. i still remember one of the games i used to love to play in the 90s was it was a playstation game called road rash mm-hmm. and it was because the main soundtrack behind it was soundgarden yep mm-hmm. i just remember loving going driving down the road beating people on other bikes with a steel pipe and listening to, like, <laughs> Spoon Man and yeah. Rusty Cage and, like, all, like, all that. Oh, I yeah. used to love it.
0: No, there was definitely a lot of that. I mean, like, it's kind of even funny, even going back earlier though, too, it's, you know, you go back into, like, Super Nintendo stuff, like, they had bands like Green Jelly, of all bands, oh, like, doing things like <laughs> yeah. on NES or Super Nintendo <laughs> games. I mean... Like that grunge scene, like infiltrated everything, but like you think about some of the other and like angles of that too. Like think of characters like Daria. I um, love that Well, I,
2: I was gonna say too. One of my Daria one of my the awesome. best things of the yeah. '90s to me was television, in particular cartoons. Yes, uh, that's my big. One. You know, yeah. Darkwing Duck, Ducktales, Inspector Gadget, Daria, Doug,
0: like all of these Batman great. And the Rocko. yes. yeah. Rocko's yeah. Modern Life. Life. You know, yeah, all these like Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, tunes. yeah, that
2: was all which. Funny enough, it was a year ago today that we did our PJs and cartoons party. I know. I saw pictures on Facebook. (laughs) In which I have a video on my Facebook page of us singing Istanbul, Uh Constantinople, as we were watching it. Also,
1: weirdo bands like they might be giants. Yeah, 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 exactly.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I, I think the mu- like, yeah, music and cartoons... Nineties
4: are... was pretty much like, let's do a hard shift. It's like you
1: were saying. You also had a lot of like feminist music that came out of that era as well. Yeah. You had yeah. Alanis Morissette. You had Tori Amos. I actually remember stealing my mom's Tori Jewel. Amos CD's Jewel. Jewel. I um, Jewel. The oh. Lone Fair. Like that whole sort of Sarah like... McLaughlin. Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of those singers, uh, singer-songwriter resurgence as well came out of that grunge era.
0: Cranberries. Um, the
1: cranberries. Oh, it yes. yes, actually. Um, that, was that was the a name huge of it. One. Garbage. Garbage. Yeah, oh my mm-hmm. God. Garbage was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. It still the, is. I couldn't yeah, remember. I remember. It's still freaking gorgeous. Um, another one, uh, No Doubt. Yeah. No Doubt was amazing. No Doubt was, yes. no doubt the was like. The, and that was my
4: favorite. Like, this version of No yeah, Doubt, too, mm-hmm. was like the 1997. In the 90s,
1: yeah. uh, what was it? Uh, Tragic Kingdom. Yes. Tragic Kingdom. The red leather dress. Good and as much you. as I love Gwen Stefani, please no more with the cultural appropriation with the Bindies. Again, we've moved past that. I'm so glad. But now people would be like, Gwen, no. Take take that take that off your forehead. No, no Gwen, no. <laughs> 90s was also a
2: time for going back to gaming again, too. Yeah. I remember this game in particular because of this. It was the first time they had ever done it. There was a video game for a PlayStation called Apocalypse starring Bruce Willis. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first time they had Oof. ever put an actual live person inside of a I video. Game. Probably shouldn't have cut I it. enjoyed
0: that game. Oh, it's not a good video game. Don't go back and play that, sir. I play won't
2: go now. back and play it. But again, it was it's another awkward, time where we were seeing yeah. new trends in gaming and everything, too.
3: There was Absolutely. a lot of bad full-motion video. In computer games,
4: oh my God, like Phantasmagoria, Command and Conquer, Command and Conquer, had Tim like Curry was
0: for, in Command yes, and Conquer, I know he which is why she's bringing this Wing Commander and Mark Hamill, we were like, I oh, that's split. where Mark Hamill went for a long time. <laughs> you know, Mark Hamill was yeah, in Wing was, Commander. He was in a lot of Wing Commander games. Oh. oh yeah. No,
4: I'm with Bill though. Computer game was actually because I didn't really, we didn't have any consoles in the house, and so like computer gaming was what we did. We played stuff like Command and Conquer, like all of the incarnations of, and a lot Ages of War, which Warcraft. is probably yeah, which is probably why I'm more comfortable with RTS, but... Yeah,
0: yeah, and even, like, that full motion gaming stuff, that, like, Mad Dog McCree, all these yep. ones, like, when we had CD-based video games for the very first time in the 90s, mm-hmm. when that changed, and you, you could actually do digitizations of people just straight up and say, here you go, back in Sega CD games. And I think there were even PC. Star
2: Trek games that had, like, George Takei and you know yeah, a lot of PC probably. games at the time yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that um, really one change. that I
1: remember and I don't know if it's later 90s and might have even been early 2000s was the it was a researchers after GoldenEye came out like the new Bond movie GoldenEye well that was was new back in like 1996 I think but they did a GoldenEye video game and oh yeah in
0: 64 that was like the go-to <laughs> shooter that everybody got together and like let's all pile together in dorm rooms yeah
5: play, on, play, play room. on
0: your 24 inch CRT TV
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody has their own small, like four by four box on the screen.
0: Yep, it was that was the go tos. It was you know, it was the beginning deaths of the arcades, and you know, multiplayer gaming in homes was now as equal to the power of what was in the arcades at the time, which the nineties killed arcades. It was also the
2: beginning of simulation games too, like Roller Coaster Tycoon, Sim City, Sim Tower, things like that. Was a lot of came out of the Mm nineties as well. And I think the original Grand Theft Auto came out of the 90s, too. Yes, it did.
0: Mm-hmm. Which was nothing like the Grand Theft no, Auto it was ever not. today. And I still
2: love that game.
0: A top-down isometric driving around and just boring as sin. Yep. <laughs> I still enjoyed <laughs> it. They were fun. Yeah. They were fun. They were still fun. But, like, when you go back to them now today, you're like, oh. Yeah. Big yeah. difference. Nostalgia and rose-colored glasses, man. That's uh, <laughs> that's definite, absolute truth. Yep. Um, yeah, no, um... There's, there's like the sheer amount of stuff from the 90s too is almost just as equal as, say, the 80s. I'm trying to here. think
4: of a lot of the movies because a lot of them, like, there's so much blurredness with
1: what's up. <laughs> you just mentioned 90s movies, and we just had a huge 90s nostalgia moment last week with it being Rex Manning Day last week. Oh, April yeah! six, um Aww. For Empire Records, Empire which, Records you know, I, so I, I talked good. about my favorite, like, 80s teen movies. That one was like one of my favorite '90s movies. Was Empire Records? Oh, you know,
0: it's the voice of the geek. Was that happened in the '90s? You had Kevin Smith when Clerks. Yes. You oh my God. His words. Clerks like, that chasing is great Amy.
4: Essential. Oh my God. Yes. You know,
0: true. like you had the hardcore PC oh, yes. movement, and then the opposite pushback in movies that mm-hmm. do like things like PCU, making yeah. fun of the hard push, <laughs> and yeah. like. But it was all these little things, which was this massive change we just talked about days confused you know like that's looking back at the 70s done in the early 90s
4: that was also the heyday of the you know video shops like sun coast and things like that and like the music stores like sam goody and yeah. fye i
0: worked at blockbuster
1: and used to work for, my husband used to work for Frank, franklin video which was like a video store i know yeah, the one
2: yeah.
0: I, 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 <laughs> I, know. I used to go there all the time
2: 90s, but 90s movies at the same time, too, was also a time when we saw a big shift in special effects, as we had mentioned earlier. Yeah. Because by the late 90s, we had movies like Jurassic Park. Well, and that's actually, oh, no, that's Jurassic 1993. Park was 93.
1: That was, I was, was Jurassic school. Park was 93? Yeah. Because I was in junior high. Okay. When I came but out. I mean,
2: even still, we had Titanic in 97. Mm-hmm. The Matrix was 99. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we still had a big shift in special effects, in computer special effects. Yep. Jurassic Park was more real time because the dinosaur was actually built. There was some some, there but was they CG. Did,
1: they did do some CG. Yeah, there right.
0: was some CG. Like the brontosaurus that you saw. Yeah. That was the first time I was like, holy crap. Yeah. And yeah. That movie still holds up. It has Jurassic Park still effects, holds up. Because there's a lot of practical
2: effects. Because
4: it mm. helps weight things down. Yeah. Yeah. Starship Not only that, troopers. but they talk about, they talk about hacking Ooh. in that movie, too.
3: still
0: holds up. Starship Troopers.
4: Yeah, Starship item. Troopers is <laughs> fun.
3: Would you like to know more? I can't. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch that movie anymore after seeing the Rift Track's version of it. Oh, mystery science theater three thousand. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yes. Yeah. No. I, although I think phenomenal. mystery science theater actually started late eighties because it I wasn't. It was mystery science theater two thousand before it became three thousand.
1: I do not really remember, remember that. Really? Yeah. I remember and watching it was public was access television before
2: it ever uh, hit MTV or Comedy Central.
1: I say I remember I watching no, it on Comedy yeah. Central with like the yeah. original yeah. box. I remember control.
2: watching it on MTV. Central.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Or like the late night. Do you remember like the late night? That's night? when I first um, caught
2: it. It was. Yeah. It was at like one o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. on MTV, yep. and it was Alien from LA with Kathy Ireland. Oh my god! And I got the opportunity to talk to Kevin Murphy about that, and <laughs> I told him that was the first one I had ever seen, and he said, "And you kept watching." <laughs> <laughs> Why?
1: No, we used to watch. We used to watch Mystery Science Theater three thousand. But I remember also you talked about like Daria and some of the other Daria was horrible. Daria was Ren
2: amazing. and Stimpy. Ren and
1: Stimpy. Mm-hmm. My um, so-called wife. My so-called life was like that. Was I? Oh my god! I still wanted to be Claire Danes. <laughs> Actually, no. I wanted to be her friend, Ryan. I wanted to be Ryan with the crazy hair.
2: Um, <laughs> I but, think the '90s also saw the the introduction of um, reality TV. Yes, with oh. road rules um, and, and Real World. Real World was the first. That was the very I first. I remember Real
4: TV. World. I didn't really. Yeah. Look yeah. at
0: where we've come to now uh, TV.
1: God damn it <laughs>
0: And it's really funny though because there's still somebody from I think it was like real world number two That I still actively keep tabs on Which is Judd Winnick Who is a comic book writer for DC Comics I, There's wow. still somebody from a I real world I think either,
2: I don't know what season he was on But he's now in the WWE Mike Mizanin Mike Mizan- um, Well he's the Miz in WWE But his name, I can't remember his last name It's like Mizanin or
0: something yeah, That's pretty funny. but now it's really funny though, like that we can all blame MTV for damn you, MTV everything well, but that I has was, happened to our don't well, Blame early
2: MTV. I just MTV just isn't the same. Like they're not no. music television anymore.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but no, I think it's it's really kind of funny though, like kind of looking at the '90s and just even this. We're talking 15 minutes, and we're like, "Holy crap, we could do this for a long, Did, long, yeah. long time."
2: And the does '90s any,
4: pop was fantastic too. Does anybody
0: else remember <laughs> the
2: box? It was another television what? station thousands two yes. thousands though No I was in high school when I graduated in 98 Oh oh,
0: yeah that was where you used to call in and you, used to, yes. you used to call in and dial a three digit mm-hmm. number
2: And I just remember I sitting at list. home And watching it Seeing that three digit number pop up You see the first two digits and the third digit When if it wasn't a video you wanted to see You were disappointed Aww.
0: But you, you got to vote on what was going to air next no, you paid. Oh, you paid. That's yeah. right. Yep, yeah. it was a paid
2: video service. That's probably
1: That's right. why I wasn't allowed to use it. Yeah, I was going to say. I <laughs> still
0: watch it without paying. Here's an interesting one that we have not brought up: America Online.
1: Oh, yeah. oh my the god! The beginning of the
0: internet. AOL, Prodigy, and America Online. How we all kind of were intro- uh, introduced into
4: dial-up, and then Angel Fire pages and, and
0: GeoCities, and but like it was. Oh it all started god, with Jesus. AOL, and that wasn't even before we had and a your web
4: browser. AOL Instant Messenger. yeah
0: instant messenger was like only a blip of the last maybe four or five years of the 90s i mean it was primarily all we were there was for chat rooms at the time and that was pretty much it it wasn't until like the late 90s that we actually even had a early version of
5: the internet Mm -hmm.
0: at at this point in time so it was really kind of crazy like you know you go back to the 80s and we forget about things like the bbs boards that people used to dial into and you know, which was kind of the precursor to things like IRC and, you know, like uh-huh. chat rooms. And then all of a sudden we just exploded to AOL, kind of reshaping everything. And now it's a company that most of us have forgotten about.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Are you doing the sound?
1: You jerk. I remember my dad being
4: so mad that sound, about us. Yeah. Like That's yeah. how so much rage to me. So oh. much rage. No, and at
0: the end of this, after you heard this for a minute, then it was like, doot, doot. And we are like, oh my god, why is the line busy? All right, I'm going to kill you if you don't turn that
5: stop off.
0: It! Make it go uh, away. Honestly,
3: it uh, so <laughs> this is probably the worst of the 90s. That is probably the worst of the
5: 90s. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> the
3: sound, that the is dial-up the worst sound. Of the 90s. No, no, dial-up internet. Like yeah. dial-up internet was terrible. It was. Your, I mean, it was internet. It was your, so you remember. It was cool. Than- it was your gateway to the world and the internet, the big yeah. worldwide web. Yeah. But it was it was terrible.
1: I didn't like, have the patience for it. Yeah. Honestly, like I didn't really use the internet for much. It was amazing until when college I, when I had to. <laughs> it was
2: amazing what I sat through just to play slingo. <laughs>
1: Late nineties. It used, to be, it used to be the running is. joke between friends, like circles of friends, of the like. Oh, if you need to email Jada about something, email Mike, and he'll tell her to check her email address like once a month. Like I just, I hated it. I'm still not the best with email.
0: <laughs> Ted actually just brought up a really good one. Late
4: nineties was uh, anime too. The anime boom when Sailor in the states. Moon got big. Dragon Ball Z. I never got into anime marketing. even to the I was states. Totally
1: Same. into but, it. I, mean,
2: like, was, I appreciate
4: right. it
1: for other people, like that yeah. thing. I'm not gonna like poo poo it. has just never been my yeah, thing. that was totally like when I was a kid. That was so much. But
0: thing. that was that's when it I all really started to explode that. in the states. Mm-hmm. Like you could midway through the '90s, you were able to find like almost any VHS you know rental shop. You could find like five a or lot six. Of them
4: started carrying. It up, was like it was Vampire like, D. Like, well, no, but it was and, like, still Wicked really. City you could find like a couple, mm-hmm. but if you wanted more of the stuff, you had to go to like. The little like tiny rinky-dink anime shops, like we had one right up the street, and like you had to get them on a like recorded VHS that they like subbed from Japan. You know, you had to get your fan (laughs) subs, and it was like a whole process. It was so different. Now kids can just like, oh look, let's pull it up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There are whole channels devoted to We had to, to, like, you know, We had to through. struggle. <laughs> we did. We had to weave we through, had the to snow, through the snow, uphill <laughs> both ways, to that little rinky-dinky animation. We pray that the tape didn't degrade on the way home. <laughs> and the quality of those fan <laughs> subs were something
0: special. <laughs> oh Yeah, no, the uh, the 90s, there were some really awesome stuff. So how about the worst of the 90s? <sighs> Dial-up sound, yeah. Dial-up sound is probably yeah. the worst of it, yeah. Because I mean, like you did say, me. like that, yeah. The the non broadband of it all, yeah. but the dial-up sound is, you're probably right. The, the
3: leftover hair from the 80s, yeah. um,
1: some <laughs> of the Genco's. Some of the bad fashion from the 90s. Yeah. Some of it we're Goodness. praying just does not come back. <laughs> yep,
0: yep. Yeah, but I, I will say this though the late the, the late 90s has also brought in like rave culture and stuff like that. And that was right around the same times that like, you know, bell bottoms came back. And mm-hmm. it was all right around the same time when that all exploded. So.
4: Part of the best of that we miss is Buffy. Because obviously that yep. was late 90s 97. when it started. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: I think yeah. one of my fondest memories from the 90s too, and I didn't hate it. I don't play it anymore. It was the first time I was ever introduced to something other than gaming-wise, board gaming-wise, other than, like, the traditional Monopoly or Clue or anything like that. I was introduced to Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. It was my
2: first time ever being introduced to something outside of a traditional Parker Brothers or Hasbro board game. Yeah. That's
1: actually when I first yeah. started playing, like, RPGs and stuff, too. It was yeah. the late 90s. Uh, which then led me into my LARPing obsession as well. I think I've been LARPing since 1999. Um uh, ninety eight, ninety nine would have been right around yeah. that time because it was right around the time that I was, yeah, right, right after high school. Yeah, because I started attending used to go our to, first LARPs. And I went to the, that yep. LARP with you. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> you were like our little, our little friend we would bring with you. Yeah.
3: Then, oh. Oh, on the flip side of that, you know, the worst of is the Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh!
0: Uh, oh, I, I know, because yes, I was a gym leader yeah, at Toys R Us. Yeah. Rats, oh, yeah. No, which is also no, another no, old statement to no. now say. <laughs> well, actually no, it sounds like Toys R Us might get saved now. Oh which is an interesting <laughs> thing. So
2: Especially after they just have like clearance sales to get rid of they everything they, say, they had in right?
0: their stores. Well they're yeah. doing something weird with it, and we'll talk about that off of air. But um but who knows. Um a Pokemon Gym
4: Leader. Bro.
0: Yeah, I was a Pokemon gym leader. I'm sorry That was really annoying
4: (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine (laughs) Especially
0: Saturday And they were like Hey from noon To three o'clock You can just drop Your kids off And we'll watch them For you And teach them How to play games In the middle Of a toy store Oh god Yeah that's a great plan Yeah no Let's never ever 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 do that again No
4: that was. That is the worst, the worst idea, idea ever. ever.
0: Like, this is me saying
1: this as a mom. It's the worst choice ever.
0: Yeah.
4: Well, it just seems like a bad idea. Let's like drop our kids off with the underpaid teenager who.
0: Who doesn't care about the money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Doesn't care. <laughs> like I'm being paid a minimum wage in the nineties. Who so... has also
4: a dozen other children who yep. just got dropped off? Like that just seems incredibly,
1: incredibly <laughs> stupid. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And we wonder why they're going out of business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, They're bad
1: I, stuff from the '90s. Uh, hmm. I can I say? Can I say like stuff. some of the movies from the '90s were really terrible? Like a lot like of like the. I, I just think back to some of like the sequels upon sequels upon sequels of some of like the buddy cop movies and That's things fair. like that. Um, also, a lot of the tropes that were still really big in the '90s of the uh, like you know guy who saves the day, a very transparent female characters I'm trying to think yeah, of like specific yeah. ones. With I mean, a weapon. Barbules
2: cop. Although I like those movies. Were they nineties? So
1: uh, yeah. Lethal Weapon movies were nineties. Yeah, yeah. So well, the sequels were. I think the first Lethal Weapon weird. was like nineties. I think right. I think the yeah. first
2: one was late eighties. Yeah, yeah. And all the sequels were in the nineties.
1: I mean, we did have some really good movies that come out of the nineties, but there were still also some ones that was just like, oh my god, really this trope again? Like, mm-hmm. really? And I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the ones. It'll come to me. But um...
0: Jaws four. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry.
1: And also we did see Some of the research And I know Kat's Gonna hate me for saying this But some of like You know I was a grunge kid In late In like the 90s So something yeah. like that Like uber bubblegum pop Like the mbop Hanson Oh Hansen, I didn't like
0: Hanson Oh no that like, is one of the worst no, Of them. Yeah, yeah. No
1: that's yeah. Hanson is one of Hansen, the worst I The Britney
4: like Spears them. I liked those um, yeah. But you know what wasn't But you were the target audience But I was for that. I was Exactly so I was, I was young, young, like the so We, we were too like, cool for yeah. that
0: yeah, um, there is one thing that is a best of and worst of at the same time. Spice Girls.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Spice Girls
4: were amazing. They were amazing. I'll
0: tell Not you what is a best of.
4: I'll
1: tell you this what it really, really, really started want. To take
3: off in the nineties. Nicholas Cage. Exactly.
1: Worst <laughs> of.
0: <laughs> the
4: Rock.
1: The Con rock Air. Was, the face was, off.
0: Was, the Rock was amazing. I rock was face
1: that off. Mean. Yeah. Face off was terrible, <laughs> but the Rock was
2: good. <laughs> 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 I was looking I was just looking at a list. I just googled bad 90s movies yeah. and the first one on this list automatically negates this list and it's hook.
5: Oh, what was good? I'm like, Aww, yeah, was dude. Amazing.
2: This was list already yeah, this list already is
0: sucks. Yeah. So, all right. So, how about this? Uh what is the one what is one thing that we do miss from the 90s? Hmm. Ska. Scott yeah. music, I oh, really miss.
1: Yeah. And the Spice Girl. <laughs> uh, to piggyback on Scott, there's the resurgence, the resurgence of swing music. Yeah, that was, that was late 90s, early that 2000s. Was late 90s. That was
2: like what Squirrel Nut Zippers yeah. and Cherry yeah. Pop and Daddies Yeah. And yeah. And yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah. Brian Sensor Worker's. I, I love that oh, aesthetic, yeah. so when that, yeah. when
1: that whole thing came back, I was like, oh my God. I, I took love this, swing but,
2: dance yeah. lessons so because of that music.
1: I took swing dance lessons. I actually did swing dance with my dad on my wedding day. I can't remember
2: any of it, but I took swing dance because of. Because of cher- because of cherry pop and daddies, I wanted to be able to dance to Zoot Suit Oh, yep. that's adorable.
4: Fair any, any
2: other missing pieces from the nineties? We I mi- back? I miss Vanilla Ice.
3: You can still watch them on like HGTV. I know he's the yeah. houses yeah, now. Exactly. Something. I really don't
2: miss. Yeah. I don't miss Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> you don't.
4: I really like the nineties. <laughs>
0: um, uh, it's three small food things that I would love to bring back. Orbit soda for some stupid reason. I don't yeah. know why. I really liked it. <laughs> oh, it was not good. It was the stuff that had the chunky weird, bits. like, yes. it had the chunky bits. Oh, yeah. so good.
1: <laughs> Drink bubble tea. I hear it's way better.
0: Yes, it, it really much is. <laughs> um, um, Jolt Cola, which you can find every once in a blue minute at random places. It seems like it, But I really loved Jolt. Is this and like
1: Crystal Pepsi? Well,
0: Crystal, Crystal Pepsi, Pepsi has not back. Yeah, yeah, back. They did. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's gone. gone it's gone again. Uh, yeah. Pepsi Kona. Oh, that's uh, a of too. I
2: like well, I mean, you know, but there are some foods that I miss, too. I, I still, I, I still have a ton of it because I bought a ton of it when they brought it back, but I missed Ecto Cooler. <laughs> and, but I think Ecto Cooler was late 80s. Yeah, that was. Late I 80s into the, it, it came out of
1: the well, out of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Well, it went to um, the like,
0: 2000s. Two? It went to the 2000s. Did it really? Early, okay. early two thousand.
2: But I remember drinking it from the can, not from like juice boxes. And stuff no,
1: like I remember that. it as juice boxes, but I was never allowed to have that because it was too sugary and full of too many chemicals <laughs> that my mom wouldn't let us have. And I was super jealous of all the kids oh, who got I to have. I still have a I bunch of yeah. juice boxes I haven't even, they're still sitting on my fridge. That's oh. okay, you, you keep them. Yep. No, bring
2: it over, I'll have some. No, I'll bring them over, yeah. I'll bring them Maybe over.
1: you'll be good with vodka in it. <laughs>
2: we made a drink here one time at your party. Uh, Manix made it. It was uh, Ecto spritzer. yeah. It was yeah, Ecto Cooler, and uh, I don't remember what else was in it. it white really vodka, maybe vodka. I put
1: vodka in it. I think yeah, Ecto Cooler and vodka. I think
2: that what is. I think that's what it was. I think yeah, it was Ecto Cooler, vodka, and seltzer water. I think that's what it was. <laughs> um, but I mean, like there, there's some oh, other
1: music.
4: Wise, we forgot nineties R and B. Was, I enjoyed 90s.
2: No I digging. enjoyed like 90s
1: R&B.
4: Too. Yeah,
2: <laughs> old school hip hop, but, like,
4: but that more, was like yeah. I feel like that 80s right, really old 80s. Like, That started in 80s. 80s. But, yeah, old yeah. school hip hop was 80s. Because that's but like 90s, and 90s. But 90s DMC brought in Buster like rhymes, all the R&B. Young MC, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But like 90s brought in all the R&B, and that was fantastic too. Bones mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: and in Harmony. Voice to Men. Voice to Men. Yeah.
1: Montel Jordan. This is how we
4: do it.
1: Salt and yeah. pepper. Salt yeah. and Although they were 80s too. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Busha yeah. came out in 1988? Mm hmm. Okay. Um, and they had a resurgence in the 90s with, like, Shoop, and they did, like, a bunch of stuff with, uh, and, and yeah. oh, the other one I just Destiny mentioned. Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child came out. Yes, Destiny's were, Child was so good. Were they so late good. 80s? Not, were they 90s? I think
2: they were 90s. 90s? The 90s they were, I remember more from the Destiny early
1: 2000s, Shows but Destiny's yeah. Child were
4: late. They were that, like, carryover into. It was mm-hmm. the same thing with, like, you know, Britney Spears shit. Yeah, they yeah. were, like, the very late 90s into early 2000s. So TLC was of it. part of that. TLC, yes. definitely. Fuji's. All the
0: Fuji's. Yeah. All right. Well, we, I think, have done a decent job with just touching on the 80s and 90s. Uh, and I apologize. I know we were all over talking because we were all just excited. So uh, so let's get into what we're really here to get into. And this is going to go a little bit longer than I thought because we're already an hour and a half in and haven't even touched the main purpose of this episode. Exactly what I kind of expected was going to happen when we brought up this. It's like the Disney thing all over. And, uh, but let's. Oh No, it's quite okay. It's quite okay.
1: responsible. <laughs> so
0: let's talk a little bit about ready player one as a book um, sure. and I know Jada hasn't read the book so some of this stuff is gonna be very different from what she just saw like, like the
1: movie. 90s I haven't done my homework
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um ready player one bill do you want to kind get us kicked off with your thoughts of that as a book so
3: I, I really enjoyed it as a book um, they definitely threw in so many pop culture references Uh Basically, every page you turned, there was n- nary a sentence without a pop culture reference in it or what the character was trying to do to get to the next pop culture reference he needed to get to. <laughs> um, and and it was a book that was really just full of pop culture references with a story written around it. It was Junk Food the Book. It was. Yeah. I mean, that's it was... A good, that's a good explanation. It was, yeah. it was tasty, yeah. and I'd read it again, um, or listen to it again, because I don't Read books, I listen to them on audiobooks, and it's run, it's 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 run, it's read by a wonderful Wesley Crusher, Will Wheaton. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's Wheaton,
4: yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for me, I had you know heard a lot of the hype from uh, Ready Player One and I checked it out, and I did enjoy the book. I think it's a very solid story. Um, And I think that element of it is really fun. I do think if you don't know a lot of the references, like I didn't, I knew some and I didn't know others. And so you do miss an element of that. So I think like the target audience that, is, that gets most of the references is really going to maximize like their enjoyment of the book. Um, The only thing I had a little tweak with was the writing because the quality of the writing was not very good.
0: Right. I mean, it's... <laughs>
4: It was, uh, but that's that's just me. Ernest <laughs>
0: Klein was a wrote like one or two small projects, and one of them that sat in limbo forever well, was the movie Fanboys.
4: But it's it's clear <laughs> that he's more of a screenwriter by nature than a fiction writer, and that's just me nitpicking from my end of the right.
0: And a lot of people filled with it. <laughs> oh, good. It,
2: it's funny that you bring that up too about the writing and the quality of the writing because I actually heard an interview with Ernest Klein on Preston and Steve, which is the radio station here and uh, morning show here. And it's amazing what, how somebody, the way they speak and the way they write are two completely different things. Yeah. Because most of, I, if I had a dollar for every time I heard him say, um, uh, and like, you know, I would have been a rich man by the end of that conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. And cause it it almost to the point, like I was very intrigued in what he was saying about how he was developing the story and writing the book, but Mm -hmm. you get so distracted once you pick up on the fact that every other thing he's saying is uh um like you know and i am sitting listening to this conversation and on one hand i'm like this is really interesting and on the other i'm like how the hell did you even put these words together because <laughs> uh, you can't even no, no, speak no. clearly no
4: no that is that that's is a bullshit i know that's what
2: i said it, it's it's amazing how the way someone speaks <laughs> because, and the way someone writes because can most be writers two completely different things.
4: most writers you're become not going to write um uh no no no, most writers become like writers because they're terrible at speaking I am a shit speaker. Are you kidding me? Half the time, I'm like stutter, stutter, stumble. But writing is where the medium flows most easily. Usually, the two do not belong.
0: (laughs) But you just said
2: he was a crap writer.
4: I think he's no. Here's the difference. Uh, He may be a really good screenplay writer, but being a good screenplay writer is very different from being... Because I love Fanboys. That is one of my top movies. I really, really enjoyed that movie. So obviously, he nailed the screenplay. Like, he does dialogue very well. But for fiction, there are so many other elements involved, and there's so much craft involved in weaving things properly that was just not... You know, there were uh, were sentences that were stilted. There was stylistic stuff that I'm like, oh, this should have been smoothed out. But
2: on the other hand, when you look at all the references that are throughout this book, he did his research. He did more than his... Oh, I know it doesn't.
4: (laughs) It matters in a nonfiction book. But when you take it into, like, fiction writing, fiction writing is very different Now, I think it's
2: a little different with Ready Player One, though, because I think he'd have to do his research with these pop culture references. Well, sure.
4: Because
0: if he's wrong in any of it, people are going to call him out on it. I want to
2: specify, and
0: I'm backing (laughs) Cat up here, because one of the big things that happened is when this was about to come out as becoming a movie... One of the big key things that happened was people were, were – honestly, there are podcasts out there that are happening where they are reading this book and tearing it apart on how poorly it is written.
2: 642 pages – or 342 well, there's more pages, than, I'll
0: never get back. There's more than just that podcast. There's a lot of podcasts really? that are saying, here is an entire four pages that is just spewing pop culture reference after pop culture reference just because he could. Yeah. doesn't mean you should. No, That's but, a difference though. And then,
4: here's the thing I'm saying like, like From reading the book Jurassic The Park story references. is solid Oh yeah But I'm just saying Like I think the story It's a good arc mm-hmm. He follows good plot structure The characters are developed Like it is a very engaging story I'm just saying Writing level Like it just need He needs to level up In his writing skills <laughs> It <laughs> is what
0: it is <laughs> It is It is You can Calibre tell Everybody song. said The it best was song. This is You can tell this is the first book This person wrote Yeah Yeah
2: But I also think it's a little different too, because you're viewing it as a writer. You've written a number of books yourself. That's fair. But I also, but it's the same (laughs) way. That's why I
4: said I'm going to be a little more critical. But it's the same
2: way that, like, when I go to a wedding. Yeah. I critique the DJ yes. because that's what I do. 100%. You critique writers because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. If I go to a convention and I'm watching a panel, I critique the moderator because that's what I do. Definitely. So I'm not critiquing, I am have bias.
4: I do have I, and bias. And I'm not critiquing this.
2: his writing as much mm-hmm. as you are because I, I'm not a writer.
5: That's not yeah. what I do. <laughs>
3: so, so I don't have the writing background to critique his stylistic choices or everything else that you said about the book. But when you talked about him using like and um and Things like that in his speaking. It's what he did in the book, but with pop culture references.
4: But also that's how that's it felt point. like in his reading because there were words. And so that's the translation of that. Yeah. yeah. Like in
2: Amar um, fillers, when you speak, the pop culture references were the fillers. in the. Finish. With
4: Fiction writing has a lot of when you don't make concise sentences, there are a lot of filler words mm-hmm. and filter words and things that...
3: Which I had no problem with. I just <laughs> ate all those pop
0: culture references well, I like I eat yeah, chocolate yeah. bars when I get home. So <laughs> it is delicious.
4: Um,
0: but uh, being it's like, i be like, I will say this: like this is one of my more favorite books to read my because too. it is kicking back on again nostalgia mm-hmm. that I know a lot about this stuff. When they go into things like when they we talk about the movie, the big final end challenge, and I'm like a lot of gamers that are old school gamers you know that reference very clearly like about adventure mm-hmm. uh, not all but like I would say a, a large people that know about uh, that know 80s gaming history mm-hmm. I will, don't. Are, oh no and then, like I said and it's but I mean for me like that's something I really enjoy from doing a little bit of reading on some of that stuff in the past I, I was like oh that was one of the first things I kind of learned and I was like okay that's really cool that they introduced this concept to a large group of people that never knew that. Yes, but that's in a very a, but cool in thing. the book, that is not that at all. They talk about like the Sword Quest series of video games from Atari that partially was responsible for bankrupting Atari and all these other things. But then they bring up things in the book like Zork. Nobody in the world remembers what Zork, what Zork is. Zork it's is. an old text-based PC I didn't game. know
4: what Joust was. And I not uh, yeah, like, so again, again. when I say yeah, yeah. I'm not the target audience right. for this book, I'm not the target well, it's, audience for
0: it's, this and book. It's, as Jada's raising <laughs> her hand, it's like, absolutely. Because yeah. what it was, was the book was all about really uh, the small microcosm of the late 70s into not even late 80s. And that's all the book was focused on. And it was mostly really old video game stuff. And most of that book was... The main character, Wade, sitting behind a video game screen at one point or another, whether he's playing a perfect game of Pac-Man in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's in a real-world version of the game Tempest from Atari. All these things. And if you showed that in a movie, people would have been like, oh my god, we get it. You yeah. like video games. Yeah.
4: Um, no but one like- wants to sit and watch you play the game.
0: But I mean like that's the thing is like you know like it but for people that were obs- as equally obsessed cuz it was Ernest Cline writing about his childhood and his yeah, uh, his obsessions definitely. and taking it to the nth degree. I
3: I could completely understand the like the talking about, you know, wades adrenaline levels as he's getting getting behind these games and like trying to play the perfect game of Pac-Man. I can put myself in there as a gamer thinking I know exactly the feelings that the character is going through right now. Oh, my God. Is he going to do it or not?
5: Yeah.
2: yeah. I was the same way. Like, I, that, you know, I could put myself behind that screen, too, because I would be there and I'd be sitting, oh, my God, I have to beat Bill this year. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, it's
0: the same kind of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of interesting, though. I mean, like, obviously, you know, thinking about, you know, we'll get into the book to the film when we talk about the film because there's definitely some massive changes. Um, you know, we obviously – Give her thoughts as far as, you know, we all thoroughly thought it was a fun story, you know, mm-hmm. but the quality of it, you know, versus it's, a lot of f- fictions nowadays is not really yeah. what a lot of people expect. It's the
2: first book that if you count readings and listens through audiobooks, I've read through, I've gone through the most of mm-hmm. any other book yeah. that I've ever read. Six times total between audiobook and read.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's... Um, one of the big things, though, and I think the reason that this book also gets it is is its as much backlash as it especially when they said they're making this into a movie. I don't think
4: the book gets the backlash. Well, like the movie. The movie got the movie a lot did. more backlash because of the thing that...
0: Right. So one of the big key things it. is Ready Player One was written in 2011 and released. Um, we're talking about decades as a whole in this episode. Uh, but it's really funny, though, when you talk about and think about it, 2011 ago, was just like, it felt like a second ago to most of us. yeah and the backlash happened when everybody's like, why would they make that into a movie? Because if they're just trying to even get close to adapt this, the messaging from 2011 versus the messaging that you need now in 2018 is a massive, massive difference. The world feels like a massively different place between how socially conscious of where we are. And it kind of nail gets to that whole factor of white guy, you know, gets everything handed to him with a silver platter and gets the trophy curl at the end. Mm-hmm kind of same problem happens in the movie. Um, but when you look at today's culture, that's maybe not the story
4: people are looking for. Well, I read a really, really good article. I think it was a Cracked article. I'm not sure. Um, on it, but one of the big things that had changed, because, like, you know, I, I enjoyed the book, and I really wanted to see the movie, because, like, the I, I did think the book was very fun, and I really liked the story of it. Um, but from 2011 to 2018, Gamergate happened. Uh (laughs) and that's gonna put a very very different image on this heavy hit like this heavy nostalgia and gonna really paint things in a much different light than it would have been received when the book came out and that i think was a huge thing that none of us realized like when the movie came out and it was getting like some just some heat from like all other sources and stuff like that well a lot of people are looking at it again from a different lens because you know, things like Gamergate happened, happened, the Me Too that. movement happened. And happens. it looks, well, I mean, with Gamergate, a lot of that, like, really put that that sort of fanboyism in a very negative light. Because it pretty much, like, ripped open a lot of ugly shit that had happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And this was, like, Ready Player One showcases, like, some of the really awesome sides of that. You know, where it's like, oh, they're super, you know, they're so excited about it, and they're very into it. And I think that's a really cool thing, but I think that was harder for people to swallow. Like, it was easier for people to swallow before the gates got, before the gamer gate got wide open. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: No, absolutely. I, I think it's, like I said, you know, the same book, I think if it was written today, um, you would probably see some some changes. Uh, or you would hope to see some changes a little bit. I think everybody kind of openly always kind of states a book like Ready Player One as much as I enjoy it. I mean, like, again, all state we be it. You know, you have the, um, was it the Marty, Marty Stu versus uh, Mary yeah. Sue kind of characters, which, yeah. you know, it's Klein kind of making himself the main character of that story, which... Obviously because it's all about his things. It's the same
4: reason things. we rip on like Bella from Twilight. Nobody likes Mary Sue either, like
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> but on, the, but on, but on the other hand of it though, yeah you you look at the characters in the book and Artemis, while not the one that ends up with the prize at the end, mm-hmm. she's still a strong female character from in a book from two thousand eleven. Yeah. She's a she's an independent character. She doesn't want any help from anybody else. She likes to do stuff on her own. Granted her and Wade end up together by the end, but yeah. she's still a very she's still portrayed as a very strong character. Yeah, so I yeah, don't I mean, think there's the, anything wrong with that aspect of it. Unless I'm just looking at it in a different light.
4: Um you I, know, think like, it's I don't more think the Me Too
2: moment movement would have had anything to do no, I think would have changed anything about
4: the, that. Um, no, I think what a lot of it was is that The whole idea, the whole romanticization of like the super fanboys and oh my god, we're, we are the gatekeepers of this geekdom and that sort of thing got really ugly with Gamergate. Where so it's harder to romanticize that stuff when you have people sending like death threats and that sort of craziness. And so that I think is the change that happened from when Ready Player One came out as a book. To when the movie came out, because it's like, because we didn't, I I didn't even think about that until I had read the article. I I didn't even think about that Oh shit, that's true. (laughs) Because I was wondering, like, why, what was different, you know? And that's
1: what was different.
4: A lot has changed. And
1: again, you're seeing how nostalgia is through the lens of what we want to see and what we don't want to see. And it really ignores a lot of the inclusive aspects of somebody else's side of the story. Because, you Mm -hmm. know what, you're looking at, I'm sorry, you said the the author's name. Um, Ernest Klein. Ernest Klein. Klein. So Mm -hmm. you have him writing about himself, but, you know, what about the girls who were playing video games and were getting those death threats back in the 80s or back in the late 90s or whenever? You know, their story is almost completely ignored.
4: Well, or playing online games as a chick. All the insults are, go in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. go fucking make a sandwich. Every insult is gendered. Yeah, yeah, it's super gendered. Yeah. So, like, when you're a teenage girl playing those games, it's a very different experience from when, you know, it's right. it's harder to have the same rose-colored glasses. It's that, so.
0: or if exactly. you're a, you know, a, you know the it's hard other to be thing.
1: nostalgic about death threats.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's the downside of a lot of kind of like as you kind of put it, the gatekeepers of that subculture for the longest time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's that whole like. Well, are you a, are you a real gamer? And I'm like, well, guess Ugh. what? C- congratulations! It's 2018. Do you have a mobile phone? And guess what? Have you <laughs> ever played a you're game? A on Yeah. A congratulations! Now. You're a gamer. Yeah,
5: you
4: have done. Everybody is.
0: That's like kind of like, yeah. are you a movier Because you've seen a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's that's the joke of it nowadays. It's like no, everybody is. That's just the culture we live in.
4: So I and it made, Rob and I had some really good talks on it, but like I do think um, the message of the book and the movie is still very good. Because the message, but I had like I, so that's what I mean. I feel like a lot of the shit that happened in between, kind of like you don't get to focus on the message as much. But the message of what they say at the very end of the movie, even where it's like, "Well, you need to get out and experience reality." That is a fantastic message, and I do think that was one of the great things that the book did.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely, was
4: kind of like shine a light on the obsessive culture and playing games, kind like you know losing yourself in that. And be like, no, you need to get out and make friends and actually do things as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you can have both.
0: And again, like then, don't get me wrong on this. Like, it's still one of my absolute favorite stories. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's know yeah. what it is. It is uh, when we watched the movie and we all walked away from the movie, we all stated one key thing that was like the Goonies for adults mm-hmm. because we're looking back fondly at things that we loved as kids. Mm-hmm. But then you also look at '80s movies as we just talked about and think about. The way that we looked at things in the '80s and say, "Oh, we missed all of these other things that have happened." It's always the white male lead, following his story, and everything comes up roses for him at the end. And it's essentially what Ready Player One is it's, as a book and a movie. It's a know? white,
2: it's a white male lead, but if you think of it as an ensemble cast, it's very diverse. You have uh, you have an overweight black female. You have you have Asians. You have young children. You have a female. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's diverse. It's maybe not very diverse, but it's diverse.
1: It's diverse, but it's still there—the supporting cast. It's not. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm it
2: not is,
0: saying and it's
2: still okay, way Yes, yeah. that's Yeah.
4: And this is something like I would love if they like if he wanted to do a sequel and wanted to just do like H's story. I would fucking love. Her. <laughs> she was like the best character. <laughs> she was well, that one was, my that was one of the greatest character. things and about the, books the book is the that was a little
0: bit different. They, the uh, actress that portrayed H in the movie did an amazing job, but there was a beautiful twist in the book when. The things play out, and Wade meets H for the first time, and you see it in the movie where in, uh, Sam walks up to the van real quick and sees H. He's like, "Not what you're expecting." Normally, that was a sequence with Wade, and he's like, "He's like, he's like, what? You didn't expect a overweight, fat black chick? Because she was a heavy set black girl that was posing as not what looked like an ogre in the like that they made H in the movie. It was somebody that looked like a 25 year old." guy with black hair. Okay. And like yeah. white male with black hair. And yeah. when you look at the message of that, it's like, this is an overweight African-American female posing as a white guy so she doesn't deal with bullshit. Well, they even yeah. touch on that yeah. in, the the book, in the book, too. Which yeah. is yeah. really yeah. kind of They beautiful. touch on it's that bad. in the
2: book as to why she
0: so they, portrayed that character. So it was really kind of cool some of the little things that were lost in translation, but it's nice that they did still a nice job kind of portraying So I think it was
2: that that she touches based on that when she's talking to Wade about that and that it... She chose that that avatar because I think it was her mother said they don't look at people like us the way they look at everybody else and that's why she chose that
1: avatar. No, mm-hmm. well, that makes sense though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 anonymity is the face of the internet yep. I mean. Yep. People do that stuff all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um no, like I said. So, like I said, understandable on some of the reasons for the backlash, though. Like, it does make sense. Um, you know, and, you know, the biggest thing is... Oh, go ahead.
4: I do think, um, a lot of what's interesting, um, Rob's brought up before, to me at least, but, like, um, kind of, sort of how predictive some of it is in the way of, um... Advancements in technology and things like that. I if you want to, oh, that, oh, then. yeah.
0: So one of the because
4: that was really the funny thing, things thought.
0: are that we, as we're stepping away from the book and going back, if anybody's recently read it, and I know Ben, you and I, I, just, I and yep. Bill, you've recently finished it again, uh, was some funny things that pop up in that book, and then we look at twenty eighteen like, oh shit, we're not wrong. Uh, off. Uh, <laughs> where they it's make a line where like, the only people that can ever get elected president in today's culture and day and age are. Uh, You know, celebrities and reality show posts uh, And you're like, oh no
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> This book came out <laughs> in 2011 <laughs> 2011,
0: what? and sure.
2: You know, but not only that, we have You know, in other advances of technology in the book There's a way that you can, while you're In the Oasis, you can order a pizza and a drone Will bring a pizza to <laughs> your To your you know, to your location where you are in the real world. Amazon. We now have Amazon doing that yeah, we're we're delivering really packages that via drone. Like, we're not it's far it's off very with very VR. Long. VR
0: blew up two years ago and it's just slowly getting its uh-huh. feet wet. Yep. Uh, you know, you've got PSVR, HTC Vive, you've got yeah, Oculus. Think, um, you
2: have people that are, you have movie directors now that are filming projects for virtual reality. You know, That's it's insane. it's the oh next gosh. step, and we're not far off. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is kind of is... reminding me of like when Back to the Future Two came out, and it was like all futuristic. <laughs> Shark fu- still looks fake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh man, can you imagine if you could have a rehydrated pizza and ready in like yeah. three seconds? Like, yeah. yeah. You sure
2: can rehydrate a pizza.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's jump into the movie and, go and the get get uh right. Jada back into the mix here. Um <laughs> Okay, so okay. <laughs> we've said our piece. So, Jada, you kind of got to see Ready Player One. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> in broken pieces. You
0: got, to, you got to hear it clearly, not visually see it as clearly, but from what you saw, what was your takeaway from the movie?
1: Um, you know, I think a lot of kind of what you guys discussed in the book. Like, I, I caught some of the nostalgia things, but not being a huge video game player. Like, I remember a lot of the video games from, like, the mid to late 80s. Um, and nineties a little bit, but video games were never really my scene as a kid. I remember watching my sisters play and I would play along sometimes, but it was never necessarily my scene. Um uh, but catching some of the little references that they did into that and like a lot of the movie references I really liked. I liked that they had the Iron Giant, and um you had a, a lot of like so, I mean, even just the music things like we were listening to, I was like, Oh, that little quip in the music sounds a lot like the Back to the Future soundtrack and things like that, like little things like that kind of stuck to me. Um I liked how they kind of took into consideration somebody's real-life persona versus what they were in the Oasis. Like, that was pretty cool. Like, the, the guy who was sort of, like, the the bounty hunter who had, like, this skeleton... I rock. Yeah, he yeah, had the yeah. skeleton <laughs> face on his body. Uh, like, he was actually just a giant tool bag in real life. Oh,
0: <laughs> like, oh he kind of is in real life,
1: too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> TJ I Miller mean, has not had a lot of positive mm, things. No, he has not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, I think, you know, coming, looking at it from... You know, my perspective, and again, I probably wasn't, like you were saying, I'm not the target audience for that. Um, I would have maybe liked to see it just a slightly different perspective. Um, Because again, it is like, you know, the story of the white guy defeats all the bad things, defeats the big bad guy and the other big bad guy, the corporate big bad guy, and gets the girl and wins in the end. Um, Not that I don't want to see them win, but you know, sometimes it's interesting to see a slightly different angle. Right.
0: I mean the movie like I said as enjoyable as it is it still ends on a closing shot of them kissing. Them kissing and it's with her in his lap and it's kind of like come on.
4: Like <laughs> that's
0: like ending on a freeze frame. And I'm like that's just cheesy and it's not the way it should be
4: anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least it didn't Harry Potter 3 freeze frame. <laughs>
0: oh god, that was bad.
4: <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, Oh god, it was, it was so the bad. worst. <laughs> it was so-
1: some of those movies, but man, <laughs> and, and Harry Potter three is actually my favorite of that series, but that is the worst ending ever. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. honestly, like I, did like a lot of the nostalgic person? clips that they did with it. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. and um, sorry,
2: distracted. <laughs> you, <don't get>
1: <laughs> you guys take it over. It's <laughs> <still>. <laughs> I mean,
0: I think it's like I said. I, I think they did a really nice job pulling back heavily on a lot of the video game angle of it, and we only got one video game out of what was like fifteen. In the book And it was Hey Here's a race That has nothing to do With anything else But it has King Kong And the T-Rex From this And you know The DeLorean
4: I gotta say Like having read the book And seen the movie um, I feel like I felt a little more Included in the movie Which I know That was kind of Their goal was to widen the audience a little bit So more people could grasp onto it But they did, like, expand a lot of the references And things like that So, like, I could jump in on it And well, I'm like, oh, okay, I get this too now
2: Well, a lot of the references like, were updated in the movie, too Wasn't the 80s yeah. references And There I were 90s that. references There were current modern day references In the form of Overwatch and things like that But I thought that so, was a cool
4: thing to do Because I do think, like, that is going to reach a wider audience Than yeah. the book would Right,
0: instead of the sequence in the book Where they're like, hey, this gate is, like We're gonna do the little flick sync Thing that they do where like they're inside of the movie War Games so they're like let's do The Shining because more people See, know thought, The Shining yeah. and, and they incorporated the
2: rest yeah. of the cast into it too instead of just Wade in yes. through War Games that Which was was the, awesome.
0: everybody through The Shining and I really enjoyed too one thing that they did in the film version is they had Artemis as the one that won that one yes they <laughs> showed that because in the book Artemis was the one that was she actually does
2: win the second challenge. She does win
0: the second challenge first, but she's actually the one that finds the very first challenge before anybody else in the world does. Mm-hmm. And waits is the one that happens to win it first. She found it and was on her way to beating it, and which was really funny because it was a D&D module <laughs> that he had to go through the Tomb of Horrors, and that's what the first challenge was in the book. And the end ended up with him going up against a Lich, uh, the Lich King, but the Lich King, <laughs> their fight was them playing the video game Joust together. And it was an old skeleton, you know, lich and him Mm. playing side by side, two player joust from Atari. (laughs) Uh, which but yes, is you the can book. see
4: how that would not translate. Very nicely. Yeah. yeah. We kind of well, I mean, the,
2: the image of the two of them, of a, him and a lich Kane playing Joust, would have been fun to see on screen. But if you consider For a everything... second,
4: but then when But, yeah, one, if, really if, but if you
2: consider way. everything, all the research that goes into him just finding that location, it, it's so drawn out, if you were to put it in a film, that it just wouldn't work. I, I did a podcast about this two days ago yeah. where people were disappointed that it, it didn't start with him in school and then finding it on the planet where the school is. And I'm like, well, you you have a very limited amount of time, and if you're not going into that challenge, there's no point to even really focus on that.
1: Exactly. Um, I think one thing I like about the overarching sort of story of it is, you know, in the beginning they're talking about, like, they they show people, like, leaping out of buildings when their characters die, Um, and they lose all their stuff in the Oasis, all their coins, all their shit, (laughs) shit. and then they, like, leap out of buildings. And at the end he's saying, like, you know, we, we... We made an unpopular decision, but we closed it on Tuesdays and Thursdays to encourage people to get out and be more in the real world. Um, And today, with us being so addicted to technology and myself included, sometimes, you know, we get so wrapped up in, you know, your social media, your games, whatever that, whatever it is that you do, that sometimes we tend to forget those human interactions and those human elements as well. Which is
0: really funny as, because it's kind of a joke at the same time is I love doing a podcast like this where we're all sitting around the table and actually having a conversation. It's really funny, though, because that conversation turns into a digital format that you listen to when you talk. Well, I mean, there's,
2: there's one key thing, too, that Jade is not really too familiar with, unless you explained it to her when she watched it, is that there's a key part of that book that they leave out of the movie in that by the end of the book, all five characters are not there. Not all five of them participate in that final battle. There are only four. Because one of them is murdered. And they keep that out of the movie because they are trying to keep it as a more
1: family-oriented
2: yeah. film. Daito but, was But killed. Daito was killed. Daito was murdered. Was that the older brother? No, stage. it was the, no, older older, the older brother. And, and it's, it's staged as a suicide. Oh, Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's, That's how Sorrento, the big bad, gets yeah. taken away. is because Wade gets a video clip of the IOI indentured people that came in to grab him. But they didn't come in and grab him. They threw him off the skyrise of his his apartment, and, and they, they ripped him out him.
2: of his unit and throw mm-hmm. him off the balcony. Oh,
0: shit. Because they yeah. were the top winners and they wanted to kill everybody. That way, they knocked out their main competition. So they get him arrested for murder. And right. versus that shot that you see at the end of this movie with Ben Mendelsohn holding up a gun to Parsifal, and oh, I have a change of heart, <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> in, in a true eighties moment, where we're like, oh. There is joy in this <laughs> world, and you're like off to jail with you, your you. ass is still going to jail. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so the stakes are dramatically different. In, in yeah,
4: I did feel like there was more urgency in the um, book. Yeah, but um, I like I I think the movie worked definitely really well for the format it was. Yeah, like I thought it was just really really well done.
3: I, I thought the portrayal of the Oasis was spot on with what I imagined it to be. Yeah, even though they gave. Every or It seemed like everybody had the proper equipment to fully participate in the Oasis of, oh, look, I'm in VR, I'm jumping all around my apartment and stuff. Whereas in the book, it's like, hey, I've got my goggles and I've got my gloves and I do certain hand motions with my gloves to make my character walk. And you stay in one
2: place. (laughs) There were actually three things in the movie that when you incorporate from the book to the film that – when I envisioned them, were pretty spot on. One of them was the Oasis. I thought they portrayed mm-hmm. that really well. The stacks, from the moment yes. I saw them in the trailer, oh it was exactly what I pictured oh, when I read and the book. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was the third one. Not so. The third one is kind of weird because I never really pictured it reading yeah. the book, but when I saw it in the film. I immediately said, okay, I can't see anything but that now, even reading the book. And that is the portrayal of Halliday. Yeah. Mark Rylance was brilliant portraying mm-hmm. that version of Halliday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that from the, the, the squirreliness to the way he spoke and just his mannerisms. I can't see anything but that now because that to me is a perfect portrayal of a character I've read numerous times. I thought
3: his portrayal of Halliday was actually spot on. Yes. But I thought his transition to Anorak was completely off. Like, Anorak was supposed to be this grand and powerful wizard who, in their D&D games, had the confidence, like all the confidence in the world, and he was still kind of like, hey, you really want this key, right? And mm-hmm. like, <laughs> are he, you gonna take it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, didn't, he didn't portray that confidence yeah, of, I, I am Anorak, the great and powerful, and yeah. I control yeah. this realm. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I didn't, that. that that's the one thing I didn't feel, and, and the one thing I was kind of disappointed of. Mm-hmm.
1: I can see that, Um, I, even though I haven't really read the book. Like, the characters were very, you know, meant to be very diverse and dichotomous. But as somebody who's been, like, LARPing for a really long time, you can have people who have those character stats super high for, you know, their charisma, all their social stats can be really, really high. But if they can't roleplay it, they can't necessarily portray it. So, but, maybe that's, I know you can be whatever you want to be in The Oasis, but it's still, at the end of the day, it's still your That's It's still partially That's the, you, way, that's partially the way he you. wrote him in
3: the book, though. Okay. Yeah, the the I'll way take he your wrote him in the book is that, you know, he, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, like he was able, like he was able, he, they said he, he was Saturday able to attention. talk directly to Kira in the book. <laughs> yeah. And in the movie, I didn't see that he would have been able to.
5: Yeah.
3: Um, but other than that, I you know the, I, I loved what they did with the movie i loved all the, the changes to the different keys and the different challenges i personally would have loved to see a arcade game playing montage <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> that was, was so pivotal <laughs> to so many points in the
2: book like although it would
1: have been like an 80s movie workout montage yeah although one of my
2: favorite <laughs> things about the movie was uh, you know in the book he gets the extra life by playing the perfect game of Ms Pac-Man uh-huh. I like what they did in the movie about
0: creating a new character, creating yeah. a new
2: character with the curator. With, with the curator, and for starters, it was really odd hearing Simon Pegg with an American accent for the first time ever. But I also liked the oh, twist at the yeah. end of Simon Pegg.
1: That wasn't a thing in the book. The no. curator was no, the
2: curator no. was not in the book. It was, a book. You're oh, kidding. I was a book. Morrow is a character, but he is not a he's
0: not the curator. He
2: I thought
1: the curator was a really cool so character. What they did that was, was here's, the, was movie here's movie. the
0: big change. When Artemis and Percival go to uh, the Globe, mm-hmm. where they go dancing, yeah. they're there because they get an invite from Og the and great Royal. and powerful Og, because only, he only shows up in the Oasis once every year For on his, his birthday, birthday, and it's a birthday party he throws at his dance club, where he's DJing, and that's how they... Him hit. and R2-D2. R2-D2 are, is the DJ <laughs> with him and he's a character and he actually is the one that brings the high five together where they see each other visually for the first time the very end of the book at his manner he's what?
2: he's technically with them throughout the story Kind of in secret In the background Watching them He's the
1: day of six machina Yeah He
2: really is (laughs) Uh, Sort of the same way He is as the curator But they had to change The way the character Played out And I really did enjoy What they did with the curator I really liked
1: the
4: curator So like I think And I think for me And I didn't And I didn't
2: see it Sorry And I didn't see it coming Either when So when The first time I I watched The movie When he flipped him The quarter I was like Oh, that's really awesome. Yeah, I didn't see it
4: coming either. I think for me, I was probably able to enjoy the movie a little bit more because, again, I didn't have writer head on. It's probably with you watching movies, you're a little more critical where it's like, you know, people who are used to (laughs) critiquing a certain thing. Like and, when it's, <laughs> and giving
2: Simon Pegg having him speak as Og as with an American accent was brilliant because as Makes many you movies as as many movies as I've seen Simon Pegg in, you'd think it would have clicked right away. Hearing the curator, Didn't. knowing it was Simon yeah. Pegg, but I was so no. concentrating on that American accent that I completely forgot it was. They him. Do it
0: beautifully because the yep. first time you see the curator and Og is For the, the same, exact scene. same scene.
2: Yep. <laughs>
1: It's the oh, yeah. same scene. Oh my God. The curator is the
2: one that takes them to the replay video yeah, where they yeah. see Og Actually, so
1: the whole thing you're talking about, you know, going back to a little bit more of our nostalgia discussion, I was like, I literally, when they were showing the, cura- the curator, I looked at at Mike and I was like, Is this like Ask Jeeves? <laughs> <laughs> kind of is. He's like, Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <true. laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Bring it back to the 90s. Yeah. But I did, but
2: I, I really loved what they did with Og and with si- I wish we would have had more of cool. Simon Pegg. Like Simon Pegg himself yeah. as Og, but I really liked what they did with him and the curator yeah. and then on the
0: Yeah. Now, like I said, you know, the only other thing that I think that was a big change to no, book to movie, movie was, <laughs> you know, the movie we get three challenges and the movie or the book we get and the, the gates of the clues. we get three keys and three gates. So it's it's a lot more expanded. In so essence, there's been... six
2: challenges in the in the in the gotcha. book. Right.
0: Yeah. So and Maybe some of those challenges are like more. three pieces. One of them is them actually finding a guitar and playing 2112 from Rush. (laughs) No lie. So, um, it's pretty crazy on some of the things that they do, but like, and even I rock the character is not that character at all in the book. He is this kind of just annoying little asshole in the book that you see in the beginning that sells them out to Sorrento. And that's it. They that's did keep lie. that
2: aspect in there, though. That he is the one that reveals who Wade
0: is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in a different, very different way. A different way. Yeah. He just he puts it up on, on the message boards and IOI finds it, and that's where they find out. Because yeah. they bribe uh, Wade's principal, and that's how they get his real name. Yeah. So, uh, so it's all these little things. But. There
2: were some references in the movie, though, that were not in the book that made me smile. There's a Zemeckis Cube. Mm-hmm. was one that really made me smile a little bit because that's not in but again that's a back to the future reference so that's one that hits
0: me the little cube right, cube directly there in the air that part. rewinds time by 60 oh, seconds because Robert okay.
2: Zemeckis was the director of Back to the Future
1: that's Zemeckis awesome. oh my okay, gosh I okay and the, and the cube reverse time 10 yeah, seconds that's awesome yeah. I didn't so, catch on to that yeah. at all <laughs> but
0: they did like a lot of fun little things that I, I really kind of enjoy they they I think they get away with what I think the movie uh, Wreck-It Ralph did best they say hey here's all these things you're going to love. But the beautiful thing is when you watch it as a movie and you get to even see it clearly, they never shove it down your throat. Like wreck and Ralph yeah. was, hey, it's a video game movie that's not a video game movie and this was this is a video game movie that's not a video game movie. Mm-hmm. I think one of the other things I
2: I think one of the other things I really loved about the movie too and I, I don't know if cuz Rob you and I have seen movies together and there are times that I can catch out of the corner of my eye you looking at me to see to gauge my reaction to certain things. But you and I had seen Ready Player One for the first time together. So it, we didn't... There was really none of that. But there was... Watching it in the... Uh, Alan Silvestri is the one that does the score of the movie. Who also did the score for Back to the Future. And there are a lot... I've since listened to the soundtrack a, a number of times. And there are a mm-hmm. lot of elements. Again, Back to the Future being so special to me. There are a lot of elements of Back to the Future score in... In the uh, in the Ready Player One score, I actually so,
1: heard a bunch of that too when I was watching. Aww, it was like,
2: and every so time I would so hear it, I would, like, like, oh. I would just like <laughs> I would just perk up a little bit
0: because I I loved hearing it. Yeah. Um. So I think we can all pretty much say we all did enjoy the movie. Yeah. Um. There are definitely holes and problems, but I think most movies and most books for the most part have them. Oh, I, I yeah, think yeah. the most part, though, I think it was still became a thoroughly enjoyable popcorn movie.
1: Yeah. Um. Would watch. I would definitely watch it again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's no. it's one of those ones yeah, that you I kind goodness. of.
2: You have to go into realizing it's going to be different from the book. If you yes. go in expecting the book, you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. pretty much.
0: Um, so they did announce uh, in November, we're just going to go through this really fast before we close out because we're at 2.06. Mm-hmm. So we got all the Ready Player One stuff done in 30 minutes, uh, which was mm-hmm. fairly surprising. We're efficient.
5: <laughs> yeah. Just not on anything Don't else. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah, But they did announce in November that uh, there was a sequel to Ready Player One happening. Um, I don't know where... Been
2: confirmed, has been confirmed he has started it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the big question is, we'll just do it real fast around as people are cool with this, are excited, or are they disappointed about it, or what? I don't think it's necessary. I don't
3: either. I don't think it's going to capture the same feeling as the book and the movie first did.
0: I'm really concerned and it feels like this is a big cash out. Yep.
4: I feel that way too. My vote is for H's Adventures. <laughs> I was going <gonna laughs> to say that. I, yeah. would, I would be down with that if that was the sequel. I my, would like to see her story. My <laughs> biggest fear
2: is that this is going to be a repeat of Lost World Jurassic Park in that Michael Crichton wrote, the Dra- wrote Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. The book was a success. They made a movie. The movie was a success. He wrote a sequel to the book he wrote a sequel movie. to the movie because mm. of the success of the movie, and the bu- the Lost World, the book, took place where Jurassic Park, the movie, left off, and not the book. Yes. So there were characters that were in Jurassic Park that were not in Lost World, or that died in Jurassic Park that were alive in Lost World because the book was written from the se- as a sequel to the movie and not the
0: book. Oh, that's that and is, is my
5: biggest
2: bad.
0: fear. Yeah. Uh, well, I can just say, just from have read it uh, have. I've been a person that has read Ernest Cline's other book, Armada, uh, I really hope he doesn't write a sequel, because <laughs> uh, <gasps> I actually do really enjoy Ready, Park, and including its flaws. And uh, after reading Armada, I'm like, I don't really know if I want to go back to read more Ernest Cline, because that was like, That's hey, look, this is The like Last Starfighter, almost identically. And I'm like, and the fact that they're turning Armada into a movie... Um, is a little And odd. you're rebooting
2: Last Starfighter at the same time. They're redoing
0: Last oh Starfighter, yeah. and it's going to be a deep impact Armageddon moment, and which one's going to come out first. Yeah. And that's the problem.
2: And you're going to get that lack of production because one of them's going to try and push it just to beat the other one, and you're going to lose
0: part of it. Well, there's nothing to lose. It wasn't a good point. <laughs> And the only reason
2: I'm even willing to give Armada a shot is because the audiobook is narrated by We. Oh.
0: Didn't help it <laughs> i can tell you that now because i went through it as the audio first and Did i was you? like maybe i'll read it and he maybe was it'll so be better.
4: excited too and then it like, was like the day oh, it came out
0: sorry. and i tore through yeah, that like yeah. within two days and i'm like that was really bad
2: uh, <laughs> and last starfighter is such a special movie to me and it's i don't even like the fact that they're rebooting it and knowing what armada is to that I, I, like i'm skeptical to even read it.
0: yeah I all know. i can say is if you have an interest Watch the movie, last Starfighter go into a wiki page uh, reading about a video game called Polybius and just be done with it. <laughs> um and the sorry, the myth of the game Polybius, not the oh. recent P, uh, PSVR game called Polybius. Oh. Uh and tie those two things together. Yeah. And oh. it's, it's it just <laughs> doesn't work. Um and then throw a little bit of Orson Scott card in there too, and then you're that's kind of the weird milkshake. Yeah, I
4: could just go and read Orson Scott card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so Ender's game holds up really
0: um, well. Um but yeah. Um I think we all agree, though, if there is a sequel, H's Adventures, and we'll just leave Yay! it at that. Yep. It's a um, more inclusive
1: sequel. would be great.
0: IOI comes back, kills everybody but H, and it's dealing with H, and oh H, H, H is controlled the Oasis. Maybe
1: Artemis, too. Aww. That would be H and Artemis. All right. Wreck some shit.
0: So, uh, <laughs> we want to get out of here, because it's already 20 after 10. <laughs> um... <laughs> So let's wrap up the episode the way we wrap up every other episode with our MFK. And tonight's is the 80s heartthrob edition starring Christian Slater, John Cusack, and Johnny Depp. Um, I'm going to start with Jada. Right.
1: This, this is my target audience right here. Um, okay, so as much as I like Christian Slater, I'd probably kill him. John Cusack is marriage material. Like, him and... Um, just. Better off dead. Better off dead. John Cusack, he was a slightly nerdy guy who really didn't necessarily get the girl, but then got an even better girl, who was awesome and secretly me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You are Demi Moore? mm,
2: Oh, that was one crazy summer. That was one crazy summer. I confused my John Cusack (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um. So John Cusack, but as, as much as he gets bad press now, my like late... 80s, early 90s, girl crush on Johnny Depp. I would totally fuck him.
5: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> Yo, uh I'm gonna kill Johnny Depp. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, everybody. I just don't. I don't see it. <laughs> Especially with all pirates now, pirates and and Edward Scissorhands. I don't think I'd want that. Uh, I would. I would fuck Christian Slater. Okay, he would be. He would. Be mine for one night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> would he be your little
0: spin? He would be my little Wait, Actually, real quick, uh which which version of Christian Slater? Heather's Christian Slater. Okay. Oh no nice.
1: yeah. fair. Yeah. Definitely fair. See, I would i I'd take, gleam, I'd go
3: gleaming the cube, Christian Slater. I haven't seen that one. Okay. That so, but I'd take him to Poundtown. Definitely. <laughs> no. Actually it's Christian
0: Slater. He's probably got to take you to Poundtown.
3: Oh
2: uh, right? no no, no. I'd, happy i Harry Hard on uh, <laughs> I, I
3: I I'd flip the script on him. And then, yeah, John Cusack is definitely marriage material. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Those puppy dog
1: eyes, oh, yeah. I just can't even. Yeah.
3: I just love him standing out my window at night, you know, with the boombox. The boombox. Boom Say
1: anything. Yep.
0: Which, again, nice callback to Ready yeah. Player One. Yeah. We get the boombox moment in that, too.
4: Which We're is not
1: true.
0: gonna die <laughs> That's very
4: awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm gonna actually go completely different on this one. I'm gonna kill John Cusack. Because he just never really clicked for me. <laughs> and then I'm going to uh, bang Johnny Depp. Absolutely. And I will definitely marry Christian Slater because I always every single thing he was in, I just loved his brand of Twisted and I would be fine with that forever. That's fantastic.
0: Kind of like a new Bonnie and Clyde.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. That I'll would work. That.
0: <laughs> but Bonnie and Clyde died in the end. <laughs> but she gets okay. to die banging Christian Slater though at the so, same time. I mean so. <laughs>
2: necessarily bad. <laughs> I would kill Johnny Depp because he is horrible (laughs) with money. So he's certainly not marriage material. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I I think I agree, John Cusack is the marriage material. So uh, you'd fuck Christian Slater and I'd go with uh, maybe not gleaming the cube, Christian Slater.
0: (sighs) What does he go for great? Version.
2: No, no I, what's no, that the was um? Depp. Oh wait, yeah, no, that was Johnny Depp. I'm sorry, I would, right. I would totally okay, do the, Johnny what's Depp. What's the radio he... one?
1: Thing. Um, oh, oh, I know the pump one you're talking the, about. Pump up Harry, the volume, Happy Harry. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, would, I would go with pump up the volume, Christians later.
1: Yeah. What was that weird movie
4: we watched? Not weird, but I, well, no, it was weird. It was the really dark that's comedy. any John
2: Depp movie. Uh, no, 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 no,
4: movie. not Johnny Depp. Very bad Things. Which I yeah. oh, yeah. view
2: as John- un-
0: Jeremy Piven. I, I always review the, uh, state that movie is the unofficial sequel to Heather's if his character made See? it out. And mm-hmm. that's
4: why I would still marry Christian Slater with all of his fucking He up makes it out
0: of the explosion. Disappears somewhere in like New Mexico and becomes a real estate agent. That is <laughs> a very know, underrated movie. It's a very it's wonderful. It. Yes, it's is it is one is. of
1: my favorites. I loved it. It's very I twisted.
0: Here, so either. twisted. Yes. I
1: feel like we need to now have a Christian Slater movie marathon. <laughs> yes. Because even though I said I would kill him, we saw so hot Like yeah, I would yeah. I, uh,
0: I, I can already tell you one movie that's a very underrated one too, because he breaks more fourth walls than any other movie, even almost as much as Deadpool. The movie cuffs. <laughs> Yeah. I've
4: never seen that either. So one of my favorite so Christian movies. now Lego I need movies. to watch all so, these movies.
0: Um, Alright, so I am actually joining the mix of Killing John <laughs> Cusack, because I, oh. I don't know why he... Ne- he- I you miss- like to kick
1: puppies, don't you? <laughs> it, it's you know what something.
0: I, to this day, and I hate to admit this, I've never seen High Fidelity. Uh, high fidelity. I haven't either. I love High Fidelity, and I know See, everybody's I my like. My problem I
4: is high I high haven't fidelity. seen a lot of yeah. the John Cusack. Movies. See, I, I know
0: all of them fairly well. It's just like, it like, but everybody's like, that's his best of the best, and I'm like, no, it's not. High
1: Fidelity honestly doesn't do it for me.
0: I mean, like, Better Off Dead, uh... I see, I haven't you know, seen
1: that one either. No. Is, no. Better Off Dead's hilarious. That's a,
0: yeah. kind of a wonderful one. I just thought of another
2: version of Christian Slater I would like instead of Pump Up the volume, <laughs> Robin Hood. <gasps> oh, no Will Scarlet. Scarlet! oh my god!
1: That's the no one
2: you can
0: easily <laughs> take to
2: pound Yes, out. it
1: is! <laughs> I mean, he's wearing tights. But... <laughs> Doublet and hose. was Will Scarlet. Yes, he was. Prince so yeah, I would
0: kill John Cusack, uh... I'd fuck Johnny Depp as well. Um, and yes, Christian Slater is definitely the one to marry. Uh, as, as twisted as he is, I absolutely loved Christian it's Slater just, growing up. Like, from Gleaming the Cube was the first thing I ever saw him in. I'm um, like, it's a skateboard movie that's a murder mystery at the same time, which was just fun and awesome. And just, Wonderful. Um, and then yeah, like I love Broken Arrow with him and Travolta. I mean, honestly, really as though. much as
1: I like Christian Slater, something about his delivery and his voice bothers me, and I think that's why I would kill him because he constantly totally sounds fair. like he's doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Oh, yeah. well, that, so, was, that was the thing he got. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. what he always got ripped for. And honestly, uh-huh. like that that is one thing that really does bother me about him as an actor. That's so totally fair. that's kind of the reason why I wanted to kill him. <laughs> but he is still pretty hot, so
0: um, Christ, uh, I don't
1: want to go home and watch. Pump
0: up the volume! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And, and somebody actually, when we brought this up in this character, I was like, and Untamed Heart" was when he became that big, huge '90s heartthrob. Oh my what god! Was Untamed yeah. Heart?
4: Huh? Did we watch?
0: That's no. That's him and Marissa Tomei. Mm-hmm. Uh, when
4: did we? There was another one we watched with him where it was a very Bonnie and Clyde one. And
0: um, guys, well, he's yeah. in uh, Billy
2: um, Legend of Billy Jean.
4: That wasn't the one we watched, oh. but he's
2: in that too, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh my I'll god! Have to look
4: it up.
0: I'm not sure which one you're talking about, so...
4: Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, again, Heather's he was really things. twisted, and yeah. they died.
4: Well, and I just I realized, mean, like... Legend
0: of
2: Billie Jean, both characters were actually named Slater.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christian Slater and Helen Slater. And most recently, he also played Slater in Archer. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's true. And, oh,
1: my God. There was another... It it was comes like back a... next
0: week. I'm so
2: excited. Oh, my
1: God. But there was a sitcom that he was on not too long ago that was sort of like a crime-fighting thing, that was like a crime-fighting syndicate. Well, he
2: was, he was in iRobot. Or he no. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. yeah.
1: No, it, this, was, this was like a, a weekly series, and I can't remember the name of it.
2: Oh, I know. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it.
1: I'm like vaguely. Like yeah, that Like, but too. they had like, it was like a detective agency yeah. or something like that.
2: And I watched it, and it was rather good, but it got canceled. It did. It got, it got,
1: got but canceled. Mr. Robot, quickly.
2: he's fantastic in that, though. But it I don't think he's do in it anymore. Uh, no, I think he still is. I, I, is he?
0: I think so. Maybe.
2: Because I thought the big reveal about his character was
0: the end of his character. Oh, maybe I don't know. I, I'm not current, so that,
4: I ruined that for Rob. Hm. Yeah. Oh no, you watched past me. Yeah,
0: I did because you, you were had like, to. yeah,
4: because I was like, they were mean and I'm sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like... It's gonna bug me until I realize it. Okay, I show. All right, yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll think about it afterwards because we're gonna say goodbye. So we're gonna <laughs> turn the <this, laughs> podcast off. <laughs> Alright, so real quick, go in your other room if people want to say the things that they're doing, starting with Jada. Uh,
1: you know, just your normal mild-mannered mother of three kind of stuff. Oh, but I am teaching Bombay Jam classes, which is really super fun and stance fitness inspired by Bollywood, Bhangra, and different types of traditional Indian music sort of mashed up with some hip-hop thrown in there for flavor. Um, super fun class. Right now I am teaching, subbing for a lady at the Downingtown Senior Center, which is rad. So I'm teaching some really old ladies how to, like, move and wiggle their stuff. So it'll be fun. Um, and aside from that, just working and momming and doing life. You
2: know. Um, of course, I do all of my other podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network, nextlevelradioonline.com, including the one Rob, you and I do, DC Primetime. Uh, Facebook.com slash DC Primetime for that. But other than that. That's really about it. Okay. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Uh, lots of steampunk stuff. Um, so I had a steampunk anthology come out last month? Yeah, end of March. Uh, Corsets and Cogs. And then there is another steampunk anthology coming out in May, Gaslights and Graves. And then... <laughs> reflections of
0: Vice just came out since the last one of Vice we did.
4: came out, yeah. And then, um... Later in the years, the final airship book is coming out too, so that'll be all yeah. the things. All, all the things! explosions and steampunk.
3: No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting ready to go to Ireland
4: Yay! which is
3: awesome. Arr! Wait, that's wrong. No. <laughs> Ireland. <laughs> uh, our, our, our local Philly Stones League is starting up again. I Aww. might try to get myself a GoPro and live stream an event. That'll be weird and interesting, <laughs> uh, as well as live streaming. I may be being pulled into live stream video games and board games with a couple of other people for like trying to try to put together like a uh, child's play event.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah. Child's play is the other big event outside of extra life. Oh. Um, so, uh, like child's play is this. fantastic. Um, yep. That's uh, a big worldwide one as well. Nice. So. Doesn't he kill people though?
3: No, not that kind of child. <laughs> oh, oh
0: sorry. Not Chucky. <laughs> not Chucky, <checking>, Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: a good time stop. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um as for me as Ben mentioned too, uh, you can always check me out as well through uh DC Primetime, which is our weekly show we record every Sunday, and you'll hear that usually Monday mornings, uh or Sunday nights if you're subscribed.
2: Sunday nights if you subscribe on iTunes yes, or Google hear Play 100th
4: otherwise. Episode recently. Yeah, if you yeah. haven't heard had a month ago.
0: Anything, yeah. Uh yeah, well we We had a hundredth week. We had a hundredth week With a thousand podcasts That (laughs) were We did
2: We did five podcasts That week Well you did four I did five
0: Yeah Because we had three
2: interviews A state of the universe The musical
0: episode Of Caffeine Crew Was sandwiched in there too So I slowly lost my So you still
2: did five I did five That was a (laughs) rough week
0: um, yeah, that was a very tiring week. Uh, but also, make sure to head over to our good friends' site, uh, which is DJ Cutman and Game Shop Records. You hear their music at the start of the show and start and end of the show. Um, but uh, I think our next episode, I'm thinking we're doing board games next. Ooh. Um, I think specifically, kind of a little bit of the history of board games and kind of how they morphed into kind of a. You know, Renaissance. Like we're kind of like in the new golden age of board games. That kind of started with Catan. How um, we decided we didn't want to be
3: bored with board games anymore.
0: Pretty much.
4: Yeah, <laughs> Cones of <have> Dunshire. <done> <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: so board games will be the next one I think we'll do, and then uh, we'll figure it out from there.
4: Nice. Sure.
0: Uh, but that does it for episode forty-five of the Captain Crew Cast of Pods. Until next month, we'll see you around the bend.
4: Bye. Bye. Yeah.